The train headed for Sunset City will be departing soon. Adam Webb, and they were moving all of the Spider-Men from the animated movie over to the live-action movie, and then they said, it's Madame Webbing time. So, uh, yeah. That was um, my favorite scene, I think. I mean, I was, I was trapped on a plane, and the, and the pilot died, and we had to call the air traffic control, and the air traffic control guy said, well, we can help you land. There's a scene in Madame Webb where they... Where they where they land a plane, so we'll stream to you, uh, Madam Web, and you just do what they do, and, what? and then you'll be okay. This sounds like some high quality cinema. Whoa, 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 Yo, whoa, 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 Wayne, Wayne, take his yeah. wanted poster down. Wayne, oh, sorry, his missing poster. Wait, what are you doing here, man? Fuck you talking about? I'm the third official member of Sunset City. I'm I've supposed gotta, to. I, I got to get your avatar ready, man. Whoa, Wayne! That's a shocking discovery. Holy crap! Okay, yeah. Let me. Let me. Let Welcome. me get. Let me Welcome get you in back. the studio. Hang on. <laughs> whose chair did I? Whose chair did I take in the studio? Uh, that did was actually mine. You took my chair. Oh, okay. I was gonna say you can have your chair if you need it. <clears throat> it's okay. You don't have a chair, Wayne, but you can stand. <laughs> He'd stand in the background. <laughs> this is, that works. This is a booker drawing. Look at this. <gasps> Look at that browser. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no, Booker drew that for uh, uh, Lethal Company. Tell you what, Wayne, you have my <laughs> chair. I'm going to sit you down. I'm fine standing. It's okay. No, no it's fine. I got legs. It's fine. Um, but okay, welcome everybody to Sunset City, the Sonic podcast for the classic and modern age. With me today, as usual, is Garrulous64. Hi, I'm here, like usual. We have our special guest star of the day, Bad Nick Mechanic. Hey, I still want to see some ID. Well, from who? All y'all! <laughs> I, okay, I'll send you my ID in the yeah, mail. Yeah, let me get a picture of that. Your passport or driving license? Uh, either way, but also a credit card as well. That'd be great. Yeah, sure my thing. social security card. Yeah, that that's good enough. And um, surprisingly, had no idea he was coming along, but uh, we've got Wayne. What is this, Dig Dug? Yeah, hi. I don't know what that means. But um, yeah, we've got a... <laughs> yeah. oh, no, 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 no. But do you not know what Dig Dug is? I Dig haven't Dug played is Dig Dug. Game. I know what Dig Dug is. Though. I just haven't played it, so I don't... I don't know what okay, you're getting at. Okay. So what you do is you dig underground and you find these little guys and you... Actually, you know, the internet might like that a little too much now. You I dig in the present it. tense, you dig in the past tense. Um, Listen, all I'm saying is Klonoa and Dig Dug came from the exact same company, so... Klonoa's good. They sure had something going on. Yeah. Okay, so let me quickly open up Patreon now because... Um, we're going to be going through a couple of the patron questions that we've got for Bad Nick Mechanic. Um, but uh, as per the usual, we've got to go through the terms and conditions. Um, we do read out Super Chats at the end of the show. So if you're posting anything, um, we'll be reading that out at the very end. Um, and uh, also, this show is funded in part by our patrons. So um, if you want to get like a priority question answered... Um, we have been taking questions for Bad Nick Mechanic today, um, and yeah, you can get a free one over on Patreon. Well, I say free one, free with the subscription, which isn't free, so that makes sense. Um, how are we all doing today? I'm right. as tickety-boo as a cuckoo clock. Ooh, tickety-boo, cuckoo. Today's gonna be a great day. It is gonna be a great you, day. You keep saying stuff like that, and I'm just like, oh, this is, this is a good choice. 
<laughs> it's uh, it's one of the few times in the millennium I had a Friday off, so that's eh, pretty good. Hell yeah, hey, nice. Um, okay, <laughs> well, um, we'll start off with those Work priority questions from Patreon then. Um, so uh, these are all for you, uh, Dave. Um, oh, I'm having this. Yeah. So <laughs> the first one we've got is from NBTV. Says, "Hello, BM." Everyone has one, so what is your Sonic guilty pleasure? Mine is thinking 3D Blast is more of a good game than it actually is. God, what's my guilty... Sonic guilty pleasure? Um... Mobius Unleashed. Uh, uh, what? No. <laughs> you know oh, what it dear. is. <laughs> um... Oh, God, I, I don't know, actually. Um... Say Big Big the Cat. I might need to come back to that one because that's that's <laughs> really putting me on the spot. The yeah, I'm, I need I need some time to think about that that one. Of course, of course. Um, okay, I'm I'm gonna write down on the piss that we need to circle back to NBTV. That way they get their money's worth. Yeah, I will answer it. I just literally that's like a oh what is what is their guilty pleasure? Because um, yeah no if I if I just don't like something it's like um. No, this is awful, and I'll and I'll say why. But um, yeah, you're not guilty about it. Yeah. Or oh, I like this, and here is a fifty thousand word essay explaining why, with references to all these scientific reports that backs it up. So therefore, it's right. I have no guilty pleasures. I take great pride in everything I enjoy, um, including Mobius Unleashed. Is it a guilty pleasure to like Sonic Boom, the TV show? It is absolutely not a guilty pleasure to like the Sonic no. Boom TV show. Yeah, that's, that's I, I think that's actually kind of a, a fairly common consensus. I will get yeah. incredibly upset if anyone tries to make me feel like that's a guilty pleasure. That show is amazing. I will cry yes. if you start yeah. making fun of Sonic Boom, the TV show. Oh, good. I'm glad we've all realized that it's really good and better than Sonic Prime in every single sense. Oh my sense. god, it so is, though. We had the I, same all right, conversation all right. Sonic, on the Sonic Prime episode. <laughs> so, Sonic Prime's a fine show, but I ain't gonna be sucking its dick. It's okay. You know, I was I was thinking about this. I was listening. I was listening Prime, to your. Right? I was listening to you guys talking about these about Sonic Prime, the show you did a few weeks ago, and somebody brought up about um what what do you think compared to Boom? And you know what's really bizarre? It's almost the exact opposite of what happened with Sonic Boom, except there's no video game supporting it. Like. With Boom, yes, there is. the There's TV show, and everything else is amazing, but the game, but the game was awful. And with Prime, the TV show is the worst bit, but everything else around it, like the merch, is just incredible. Well, now hold on a minute. The Sonic Boom had merch. two very good games. Oh, very good. <laughs> Shattered Crystal and Fire and Ice. I <laughs> Fire, I would say one, you know what, I'll say two really good games, and one of them is the uh, the mobile game, the Sonic Dash 2, because that, that game was kind of ballin'. It was pretty good. I also don't hate Rise of Lyric, but I seem to be the only person in the world that feels that way. Hey, Rise of Lyric, they, they named the snake Lyric. That's a stupid name for a villain and a stupid name for a snake. He could have, like, like, what's that thing that is at the start of <gasps> every bit Dude, of musical? They, they should have called him Relic, because he's an ancient. I was thinking, like, what, what is that? Th what's the name of that little symbol that's at the start of, like, music scripture? You know, where you get, like, treble? The music notes? A treble clef. Is that what it's called? I yeah. Don't know, it's, 
it's got the little swirly on it. Yeah, they should have called him Treble. We're, we're going back to me being in primary school blowing a recorder at the minute. I, I can't toot, remember. Toot, toot, toot. Um, they could have called oh, him that dude. because he's a snake and he whines like a treble player. See, dude, like, wait, wait. Tangent? Tangent? Recorders in, in school, right? Did you guys have recorder karate? We did, uh, What? Is that when is that when the bully would hit you with the recorder? You'd think so, but no. The, we did this thing in in my school. They called it recorder karate, where as you learned the new songs during music class and you were able to play them properly, they would give you like you had like a, a yarn, a little yarn around your recorder, and they would give you different colored beads as like the different belts of like progressing up the ladder until you had the the, the black belt for recording. Nah, see, back and... when I was uh, in elementary school, or primary school as we call it over here, um, the traditional thing for us to do was to play a game of finger butt. Uh, we used to run around the playground, sticking our fingers in each other's butts. Best part was that when the teachers got involved. That you can... recorded karate, it definitely wasn't a thing in my school, but I know it did happen. Yeah, I was there. No. Oh, I've just spotted a a, chat, a comment that's actually addressed to me about some of my videos are blurred and gone. I'm going to briefly mention that now, actually, because I keep getting it every now and again. Um, basically, it's insurance reasons. There was this quite big drama with uh, another YouTuber. Um, I don't know if you guys know about this. Have you heard about the Top Hat Gaming Lady D fiasco that happened a while back? I do not. Uh, nope. Okay, <laughs> so here's the funny thing about YouTube. Um, it's kind of a Wild West thing at the minute. Like, you know how people just literally take anyone's pictures and put them in their videos and whatnot and use them and then be like, oh, yeah, this is all fair use, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, that doesn't really exist. It's not really a thing. And it kind of depends where you live in the world as well. And um, anyway, um, basically, they used someone else's photo and the actual photographer got upset and basically demanded a fee for using it and um, instead of just paying him and being like oh yeah that's fine they decided uh no we're going to do some very silly stuff and now he's suing them for a lot more money and basically i was i've always been sort of nervous about this anyway looking at a lot of my older stuff and um i thought you know something i really need to take care of myself more with things so it's like yeah i'm gonna blow out some of this stuff purely for insurance reasons because it's um it's not worth the risk really good idea yeah i, I like that yeah that's why i look for a lot of um like royalty. yeah I, got a, like, it, I think it's called like pixabay or something it's got a lot of like royalty free images yeah it's like now like um i'll be i'm mainly I'm if i can't get it. footage myself i just go to royalty free um stuff and use that if I can't literally film it myself anymore, which is why a lot of my stuff um, probably won't be coming back unless I get some decent insurance for it, which is unlikely because I just really can't be bothered to look for that expense right now. But yeah, that's basically the reason why. Being a YouTuber is scary sometimes. Well, it is because um, people think it's like, um, uh, oh, fun, fun and games and stuff. And it's like, oh, no, 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 it's not. That's the no, thing it's is, not. anyone can what? pick it up and anyone can get themselves sued effectively, like from the comfort of their own home. Oh, Pop, let me tell you about something called HMRC. Oh, boy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, trust me. I, or, or the IRS, for those of you across the pond might have heard of them. Oh, I don't like those guys. They, they, they want your money. They, they will get your money. 
don't they always though um so <laughs> yeah got... that's basically why i just figured i would say that because i've got a feeling that pop up every now and again we've got a couple more um vip questions for you yeah yeah so, let's go for it this one is from sp can't come to the phone right now please leave a message after the beep beep um says have you ever had badniks turn on you after you repaired them Oh yes, but that's the best part. That's that's what that's, that's that's what you should do. Always, always get the badniks to turn against you. Otherwise, are you even a mad scientist? Just a regular scientist, someone who knows yeah, what they're doing. And it's a never-ending workflow. You fix them, they turn on you. You destroy them, you fix them again. But you got to be nice with them. I mean, there's a, there's a reason why I have a beer in my hand right now. Except it's a tonic. Sorry, I just had to get the truth out. Um, I thought it was salt. No, I was telling you about a beer called Sol, which you thought was called Salt. I can't. Dylan! I can't even grasp what you're talking about. Anyways, the last one of the VIP questions is from Renbo64, who says, Out of anyone from Sonic, who would be most likely to be off the wagon? If the case, in, in case it doesn't make sense, I'm saying... What does that mean? So out oh. of anyone from Sonic, who would be the most likely to be drunk? I want to say Big the Cat, just because um, I imagine that's what he gets up to when he's fishing. Just, like, cracks he's open a, a six-pack. the entirety and... of yeah. Sonic Adventure. But, I mean, um... I, I feel like he's the kind of drinker who's, like, he's not doing it to get absolutely fucking rat-assed. He'll do it to be, like, uh, he's got a Literally pass the time away. Yeah, no, he'll, he'll just um... get home after fishing, pour himself out some whiskey, some milk, and some honey, um, and just drink it. That's the just trying, to think who, just trying to think who else would be a fun drunk in the Sonic in the Sonic canon. I would say I would say like Lanolin would be like a stressed out drunk just constantly. Oh, oh no. What do you yeah, think she right. drinks? Because I reckon she just that straight drool. up drinks like lager beer or like ale. Dude, she no Lanolin Lanolin's a she's a wine woman. See, she's... I was thinking that at first, but I, I feel like she's hundred percent proof moonshine. I feel like she's she's, she's a... not like the uh, she's not the um, you know I want to have a good time kind of get drunk. She's like I'm pissed as hell and I want a distraction kind of drunk. Okay, dude, she joined the resistance of her own like volition. It's all her own fault. <laughs> it was a stressful job. It's like YouTube. <laughs> Cream, Cream's mum. She would be a drunk. She's a wine mum for definite. She's, but she's like she's got to have like yeah, yeah. a definitely on the wine. A Zinfandel from South Africa kind of wine mum, you know, like get the legs is that on a the wine. Sonic's give it, world? Give it a little. Or is that twirl. Like the, no, that's a real wine. World. You give it. I a keep little... seeing people say Rouge would be a drunk. No, she wouldn't. She'd be tending the bar. Oh, yeah, she'd, yeah. she'd be a cocktail no, waitress. She would get more out of getting other people wasted than uh, getting wasted herself. Oh, so she gets all her information for her heists. Yeah, and then exactly. when she gets she's home, she'll have, like, a nightcap kind of thing. No, she she gets home, she has a NyQuil, just a whole bottle of it. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> it knocks her right out. It works every time. Well, speaking of nightcaps, um, we've got our first news topic today. So we knew for a while that Alila Brown was cast in Sonic 3. And um, being that she's a child and a blonde child, we've all speculated that she would be playing Maria Robotnik. And on social media, she's been very much in on the joke of, you know, she's going to die. She is, you know. And now she's taken a picture of herself wearing a coat as though it's a body bag next to her casting seat that says Maria on it. So I didn't realize that's what that was. 
I don't, I, I don't know if the, I don't know if the body that the I body don't know either. Something everyone else has said, but <laughs> it's like she's got the hood over her face, so some people are like, I "Oh, did, body bag vibes." I, just look at that. I, I so assume she's funny. just hiding whatever the final design of her look is going to be. Yeah, that's what I thought. She's hiding the yeah. the makeup with all the gore on it from where she's been shot in the side of the head. Oh my <laughs> god! Yeah, I, I figured it was to hide her oh, look, god. but um, it's definitely body bag costume now. <laughs> <laughs> so that'd be really funny if that was the intention. We are um, halfway there in that case, though, in that we've, you know, we've got the kid, now we just need to fucking kill him, you know? Um, and I, I just, something I appreciate about this is that in a decade or so's time, the discussion surrounding Sonic 3, that whether or not they actually go through with it, did they kill the child will always have been a part of the Sonic 3 discussion. Did and they kill the child? I love that. I I, I've got to say, though, do you want to know what I think the schlockiest thing they could do in this movie is? And I have a terrible feeling they might do it just in case the, they're worried the about the rating. The thing they could do. She basically, for the whole film, Shadow is like, oh, no, my memories! Maria! She got shot! I must kill humanity! And then right at the very end, there's a videotape. And it's like, ooh, what's on this videotape? And they play it. And there's Maria, and she's slightly older, but it's like, Shadow, I survived! I'm fine! <laughs> and that's what makes Shadow go, oh no, I must save Maria! Or maybe... I thought you were going to say the video turns on, she's like at the Olive Garden. <laughs> With the oh, gun Christ. commander. Um, Goddamn. But they, they could like even... They... It could be like, if they do like the memories thing with Shadow, it could be... Uh, oh, Maria, you're alive. It's like, yeah, obviously. It's like, oh, he just misremembered. He just thought she died. He's he's just dumb. He's been trying to piece things together, and he's just got the wrong end of the wedge. He, he doesn't understand how death works, so he thought she died when she, she was really sleeping. just tripped on a, a Lego brick. I have a I have a feeling that they're going to kill her, but in a kind of like, uh, it, it's sort of like an indirect kind of way. If that makes sense, they're gonna have her like. They're gonna Captain Kirk her, or or I guess Spock, uh, if we're talking like uh, Wrath of Khan, is like, oh, she's locked away in a thing, and and like some like unseeable thing is going to be what causes her to die. We're not gonna see her die, but we'll know what happens, sort of thing. And it'll be this this big tragic thing. They're not gonna shoot her. Like that that's not happening in a family friendly movie. You don't reckon they yeah. might maybe just like show the gun go pew, and then next thing you know, she's nah. just not alive anymore. No. They're not. My they're God. not going to do that. Do you? I. I audiences are are fucking cowards about children dying in movies. Uh, if Paramount were to release a film that had that kid dying, there would be riots from parents. Like it yeah. would not go over well. That's why I was thinking uh, maybe because in the games, she, so Maria is sick, right? Yeah, Maria's got, got an illness, and they're trying to she's solve got space aids. So I'm thinking, what if instead of being shot like they still have the raid on the ark and like the whole thing is destroyed all of them are detained all of that stuff and then that as a result causes maria to eventually die because they don't find the cure for her which is very sad as well but that's something that they don't need to be like you know they don't need to show that they can just be like and she passed away after that <laughs> she you got know, like, shot and then she passed away <laughs> Yeah. They're just gonna—they're yeah. gonna be like, uh, 
Oh, yeah, no, she just died of old age and Shadow was World stuck age. in cryo for so long that, oh, that they, they, they could they could still cause Maria to die, but it's slightly different. Like, I'm having a schlocky moment. Like, what if the gun soldier comes in the room, goes, freeze, and Maria turns. He fires the gun, but it doesn't hit Maria. It hits the window behind her. The glass breaks, and they all get sucked out. And for the whole movie, Maria is just orbiting the space colony arc. And she's just listen, got a space listen. suit out of nowhere and as well. As you're watching already... it, you can play, where's Maria? There she is as she slowly it's... floats or by. Or maybe you don't it's, even explicitly it's a, it's a say. Thing. You just show a little skeleton just outside the window in a later scene. And what, it's like... she wouldn't decompose because there's no air or anything. She'd be yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah. It's a Sonic it... movie. Like They had a fish say, I... run. In the second they one. Could, they, yeah, then they could fish her back into the space colony arc and be Big. like, Look, here's Big. a secret machine that Gerald made. It can reanimate her. She could be safe. And that's oh, what makes Ch Shadow change his ways. Or oh, it, it could even. God. You've just given me a great idea, though. If they want to do the Shadow death without doing the Shadow death, it could be that he's falling to Earth, then Big casts a line from the space colony <laughs> arc and just fishes him back up. <laughs> if, if you were to get sucked out into the vacuum of space, wouldn't your like, lungs explode? Yeah. Yeah. You would die quickly. I think you know, your lungs pop instantly or something. Well, uh, like that's, that's, a, that that, kid, that's a big we're also, about... It's also a movie about, like, anthropomorphic hedgehogs, so... I mean, Sonic you know, the, can this kind of space. The, the, yeah, but they got lungs. What? The thing with Shadow dying at the end, do we really think they're gonna kill off, in air quotations, Shadow at the end of this movie? I don't think... I, I don't know. It depends how long they intend for this iteration of the franchise to go on for. And I don't think I don't think they will. I don't think they will. I think, it, they won't. I think at the most it will be a fake out, but it will but they'll have like a post credit scene where he's clearly alive. Imagine that There's Sonic some... Movie 2's post credit scene was Shadow, Sonic Movie 3's post credit scene also Shadow. Yeah, well, we'll think, we'll like think about the... it for a minute. You, you gotta think about this from a whole Paramount corporate. We want. We want. We sort of want right. a Sonic cinematic universe. It's like, okay, what do we got? Well, we got this Knuckles show. It was really popular. Oh, great. What else we got? Well, we got this guy Shadow. He's popular. What do we do? Well, we killed him off. We can't kill him off. He's popular. We might make We're... a TV show out of it. Oh, well, you're right. He's so he's in the game too, and then he just comes he's... back anyway. I completely so agree. But instead of falling towards Earth, he's going to drift off into space. And then, like, the post credit scene is going to be the Black Comet, like, coming by. And Black Doom Ooh. is going to, like, pick him up. Ooh, well, the thing okay. about that is, though, Wayne, um, if, oh, no. if rumors are anything to go moment. by, the name of the villains in the Knuckles TV series, the Black Market Arms Dealers, is the Black Arms. <laughs> okay you know i saw that no. and all i i saw them in that trailer and all i could think of was hazel and cha-cha from the umbrella Cap academy what did you think like they of even that show up in a bowling alley huh what do you think of that trailer oh i thought it looks like fun it, it, it looks it looks enjoyable i think uh it's uh it's got a lot. I think you said it yourself, pup. It's like it, it's got a lot of the trappings that I think a lot of people were kind of afraid was going to be in there. But it seems like it's treating it well enough. I'm just like the the only thing that that kind of gets me is uh, pajama mock, and we uh, to me that just means we are we're just not exploring the echidnas in well, an interesting way, and, and we are never going to get perfect chaos. Well, before you worry too much about that, um, I was recently watching The Big Lebowski. Um, yeah. And there's yeah. a bit in a dream sequence where... Is Knuckles dad in that too? 
basically. No, um, there's a bit in the dream sequence where Saddam Hussein is working at the bowling alley and he's got the stacks of shoes behind him and a little name badge that right. says Saddam on it and he hands him these bowling shoes. The shot composition is almost one-to-one with that shot of Pakamak <laughs> and I'm thinking, okay, <laughs> visions of a deceased war criminal at a bowling alley. If they're doing a big Lebowski reference in a Sonic <laughs> project, I'm going to start what? thinking that I'm being spied on. Yeah, so I was thinking about this as well and you're right, the, the shot composition is so similar. And it would make so much sense if it is like if Knuckles does have these flashbacks to uh, Patrick Amak and he's constantly sort of talking to him, like giving him advice and things. But then I started to think, hang on a minute, Christopher Lloyd is supposed to be doing the voice <laughs> of this guy. Why would you spend all that money on Christopher oh, Lloyd if he only has one line and it's in a big Lebowski cameo moment. Well, to be fair, maybe that's all they can afford from Christopher Lloyd. Yeah, that's what I'm I... thinking. Is also... you, get him in for a, you get him in a recording booth for a day, uh, he says a few lines. Uh, do you think they're going to make him say... Do you think they're going to make him say Great Scott? Are they going to make the... Oh, the I hope not. That, that would be oh. corny. Um, it would. But also... Um, Wallace. They should have him reference Food Fight instead. <laughs> Check the- <laughs> Wait, he's strike in bowling and he goes, Great shot! Yeah, I'm, I'm okay, looking no, at that's that. funny. That's fucking funny. I'm seeing the, uh, I, I'm seeing the images, pop. I see them. Yeah, yeah I, see I've the seen vision. the Big Lebowski, it's just been a hot minute. It Dude, wouldn't be yeah. the strangest, like, the strangest, like, uh, reference I've seen in children's media. Uh, there was an episode of Fillmore. Somebody was talking about this recently on Twitter. Uh, there was an episode of Fillmore where they just have a scene that's just ripped right out of uh, Silence of the Lambs. Uh, like, this, this shit happens. Yeah. I mean, they know it's going to fly over the kids' heads anyway, so they might as well just... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, I I just watched it recently again. Like, it, it was one of my favorite movies when I was younger, and it's, it's, it still is. It's just a pure shithousery movie. Um, That's a good movie. Such a good movie. Um, I think with Patrick Kamak, though, is I, I'm sort of... I sort of cheered when I saw him, because I was like, oh, oh my God, they're actually bringing him back. But then when you actually look at Patrick Kamak in the, in the game, and I might talk about this more later on, maybe, we... We laugh and joke about how, my god, Sonic Adventure 2, a child gets killed. There's kind of this big elephant in the room of <laughs> yes. Pacamac's leadership that we should really talk about at like some point. Like you said in your video, my, Pacamac yeah. is the British Empire. My Yeah, my thing is like, uh, the, the one thing I always wanted as a kid, there was only one thing I wanted out of a Sonic movie, and it was chaos. And I feel like we're never going to get it. I, I just... Uh, I'm at that point where I feel like we're just we're just going past that whole thing, which fucking sucks because Sonic Adventure has one of the best like the best narratives you could adapt from game to movie. I think it would also make a really good like little TV series as well. To be fair, but um, I, yeah, wait, I just have I, I wanted I have ah. you heard my little theory of how they could easily work chaos into Sonic Three? Um, I. Um, just having so rather than yeah. rather than the bio lizard, chaos is the prototype for Shadow. Well, and well, see, see, I would almost prefer if it was like you have the bio lizard, but have it more as a way to allude to chaos. Like use Sonic the the third movie as a way to build up to chaos. Um, Maybe they'll just because do it in like a different the bio order. lizard is still cool as hell, and I think it still deserves its its own time in the sun, especially since 
we've already seen in the trailer for Sonic and Shadow Generations, um, you know, there's going to be a revamped BioLizard fight in that yeah, game. The only so thing, it's though, just like with BioLizard is he does not... he I, I like BioLizard plenty. And you know that like Sonic Adventure 2 is one of my favorite Sonic games, but I would not say BioLizard is anywhere close to being as iconic or, uh, I'm going to say the M word, but marketable as Chaos. Oh, and... well, no, 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 I agree, but that's why I think don't do, don't do like a, uh, oh, suddenly Chaos. No, you need to do Chaos in the middle of a big city, like giant destructive force everywhere, uh, hunt for the Chaos Emeralds. I just don't know if I think the Space Colony arc is the place to really do chaos well, justice. Well, this would be artificial chaos. What you could easily do would be to maybe, like, the pre credit scene or something is Gerald Robotnik is investigating some murals and stuff to figure out what is the ultimate life form. He sees the mural of chaos, which we did see in the Labyrinth Zone. There is a chaos mural in there in Sonic 2. Um... He could see that maybe he gets a flashback literally showing the real perfect chaos and the echidna tribes. And then, like, that's the pre-credits and stuff. Um, then maybe, like, near the end of the movie, you see one of his artificial chaoses goes rogue and becomes perfect chaos. And then he's got the space colony arc wedged up his ass. And then it's awesome because you're seeing this water creature in space. Hey, I'm, I I'm guess, but, that... like space, space as a void would not complement his design. Not no, wait, yeah, like... because he's a creature that causes destruction, and what's really there to destroy in space? Yeah, it's not even, I, yeah. It's not even the, the design arc, for me. It, it's more the fact that um, in in Sonic Adventure, um, I mentioned this in my analysis video of it. Um, Chaos is kind of he's depicted as a monster, but he's not a stupid monster. Like. Um, the very first time you see him in that game is he jumps in front of the police and then the police just decide, yeah, we're just going to shoot him. And it's like, wait, what did he actually do? What, why are you shooting him? But he then later, later you, fit, you see it's a parallel to what actually happens at the end of the Echidnas. Pachikamak orders his soldiers to attack him unprovoked. And that's the moment that Chaos realises this civilization looks different, but it hasn't changed, and that's kind of why he goes along with Eggman Am to I get power, so he can, so he can eventually attack and basically wipe out civilization. It hasn't really changed. It just blew chaos my mind a little bit. Well, I kind of feel that that's that that's part of the thing with Chaos. Like, um, he's he's sort of a character in that in that game, in that he is. You you can see that he can reason. He can. When he's given information, he makes decisions based on it. It's mainly through the flashbacks with Tikal, but he's not a stupid, I'm an end-level boss monster, which I think that is what the bio-lizard is. And I kind of feel that if he was in the third movie as like a surprise, guys, it's not bio-lizard, it's perfect chaos, it would be alright, I'm cheering this because it looks like perfect chaos, but I would have rather had chaos becoming perfect chaos if yeah that the makes gradual sense. build like he, as it, i obviously like yeah. i would prefer if he gets to actually tell his story properly all i'm thinking is like i get the feeling okay so this is leading to another bit of a tangent but i think in a post mario movie world where the mario movie has been so successful i reckon paramount pictures are probably in a rush to reboot sonic into a fully animated thing because yes the sonic movies are successful Mario was more successful, you know? Um, mm. So I would not rule out that we'll be getting a huge ton of these Sonic movies 
So maybe Chaos can be saved for another time, maybe the next reboot or something. Um, I mean, of course, I do have ideas for how they could reboot the current iteration into a fully animated one, but I've already talked about that on a few episodes now, so I'll save you all that. But um, also, is it... Am I wrong in how I pronounce Chief Pakamak, or, or are you boys gaslighting um, so me? So I actually, I actually did a joke. I, I do a running gag of this in my videos in that I don't know how to pronounce Pachikamak's name, so I just resort I, I, to how Google Translate tells me. Yeah, so I think it's Pachikamak. I do also think uh, they, it said somewhere that they're just going to nickname him Mac in the show, which I'm yeah. just like, eh, 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 don't do that. It <laughs> but, does say Pachikamak on his thing, but I think he's literally only in one episode and he is nicknamed Mac. Pachikamak, this guy. Uh, Chief I mean, that would make Bad Nick Mechanic's pronunciation completely valid. They yeah. call him Mac. Well, I want to say, actually, that um, pa uh, Pachikamak yes. is the name of an actual village somewhere. I thought that yeah, too, that's, right? that's, that's, yeah, that's that's what I'm saying. Because uh, I know that the uh, the actual dev team actually took a lot of influence. <laughs> they went out and and studied a, oh, lot, yeah. like, a lot of, what was it, Peru? Uh -huh. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I want to say it is a village somewhere around there. Yeah, so it's like I I, I don't know the the uh, the idea of like him getting nicknamed to Mac because his name is hard to pronounce feels very um, accurate, but not in a good way. <laughs> Someone like, said Charles Champson. I call him Pac Man. Pac Man. <laughs> the Pac is back. He's back. Hashikamak is back, baby. I like it. I. I I hope it's in a. I hope it's an illusion. Or if if it actually is him, I would be happy if they kind of allude to the idea that he ran from his original tribe. That there was something that scared him. Desertion. Oh, all the echidnas died, but he ran. He yeah. caused their deaths. He made it was his fault. They died, and he ran away. He That's, did an operation he big wave and dipped. I don't think I'm going to get anything along the lines of what I want out of this cinematic universe. I think the as much as I've enjoyed the first two movies, they're just not that, the kind of movies that I always hoped they would be. And so I'm just like, I'm, the only thing, the only thing that would make the child in, in my heart happy would be if we just did get like a proper adaptation of Sonic Adventure One into a film format. Honestly, I think that'd be a great place to uh, to introduce like um, uh, what you uh, Amy. Uh, maybe you could introduce Big. Uh, start introducing a bunch of these characters as you start integrating them more into the live action world and stuff like that. That, but yeah, that reminds me. I don't think we're gonna get it. That reminds me because um, yeah, we all everyone was speculating that Kristen Ritter would be playing Rouge. But it's actually been revealed that she's playing someone called Captain Rockwell, and she's a human character. Which begs she's the question <laughs> of will they be bringing Rouge in? And it's like, if they are bringing Rouge in, they kind of missed a trick by not getting Kristen Ritter to voice her. But then again, maybe they've got someone even better for Rouge. I don't know, but like... Um... They were never bringing those characters in. <sighs> I mean, I, I want, I, I'd like them to, but you, when you think about it purely from a purely from a logistic and a storytelling thing it's like okay well who, who's this guy well it's shadow we worked on him 50 years ago okay well we need a spy well we got this giant bat that we just had in the closet let's bring her out now. Yeah, but that would actually be so funny though is the idea that gun have been hunting down sonic because there's an alien on their soil yet they had one working for them the whole time i i just had an idea 
if you uh, so what if they uh what if they were to go for like three and four let's say or, or sorry for four and five what if they just tried to go the the mcu route and just kind of copy what those last two avengers movies did and then you do uh in essentially infinity war with four where it's going around instead of the infinity stones you're just uh it's eggman collecting the chaos emeralds and feeding them to chaos chaos basically succeeds in destroying the world and then you essentially do sonic cd in the fifth one where you're going back in time to do a time heist to try to fix shit well that sounds very marketable and lucrative i can imagine i don't want it but what if they did that (laughs) i feel like that's what they'd want the thing that ah. the thing that kind of makes me a little sad though is like as as much as I love these movies and may, maybe I'll be wrong about this but it, it does seem kind of sad that it's like we have to introduce all of the scrimblow animal creatures one at a time when it's like we don't really need to do that we know that there's this world full of animal people that have rings that can transport them to earth well they're missing a powerful hedgehog like I think well we we need uh, to sorry, see sorry. we need to see Amy in this third one yeah. I think it's important. I mean, technically, I, I, she's already in it, but she's called Maddie. Stop it. Oh, man. They, Stop. That's not Amy. Oh, man. Oh. The reveal is that Marie, Maria went missing, and then it turns out that Gerald Robotnik was running experiments, and she got, like, transformed into a Mopian creature, and she, Maria is Amy. <laughs> Everybody stop. <laughs> Everybody stop, okay? We'll real talk for a minute. I, I think we have to sort of accepts that there's actually a possibility that this third film could potentially be the last movie, yeah, but not necessarily the last Sonic thing, because if you look at how the scale keeps increasing, like, you have you have the first movie, which was, okay, it's a buddy comedy cop-style romp thing, we, got, we gotta go, we gotta go for, on a, we gotta go across America and find your rings, and then Oh, who's that guy? That's Eggman. He's chasing you with his machine. Oh, don't let him get you. And that's fun. That's fine. And then you've got the second movie, which is, my God, there's this gem, which is mega powerful. Dr. Eggman's trying to get it. If he gets it, he's going to be really powerful and unstoppable. Oh, he's got a giant walking monster truck. Monster truck. We better take him out. Yeah, we're going to need all of us to help him take him out. And now you've got the third one, which is, we're going to go to space. And there's a giant death ray that's going to destroy all of mankind. I hope that's the case, but there's... to be fair, we can't necessarily confirm they're going to do the space colony arc because no, like, the death egg was a huge you... part of hey, like hey, Sonic. If, if you are doing a Sonic no, Adventure two loose adaptation, realistically, where do you go like, from there? Because they were doing a big loose adaptation of three in the second one, but there's no death egg involved. Well, well, the, I mean, the, the the space colony arc is essentially just another evolution of the Death Egg, if it we is. really think about it. But I'm just saying, um, like, my, I, I, I hope no, they don't I, because I will, we need space, dude. I'll put money, I'll put money down on it. They're doing the space colony arc. It would be so it's awesome. Happening. It would be awesome. It's, it's definitely going to be space colony arc. If they, if they, it, they are doing the space colony arc. If they're it's doing it, I'm going to give it a ten out of ten. Just for, for the fact we got space in the Sonic movie. But yeah. the thing the thing is once when this movie comes out, what I think Paramount are almost certainly gonna do is I think Shadow is gonna get his own TV show or some kind of special feature long episode just because they want money and it's Shadow and they know yeah. that's gonna sell. Didn't didn't they already 
Wasn't there a leak or something that said they were going to do a shadow something, a shadow movie or TV there, show? Yeah, it's a rumor there that was, they were doing um, like a movie spin-off kind I, of thing. I do, I do want to remind you that shortly after the, the first Sonic movie came out, there was all these rumors that they were going to be doing a prequel about Dr. Robotnik. I remember that. There was also, yeah, there was also a leak that Xbox was going to bring Halo and Gears of War to PlayStation, and so far that does not seem like it's the case. But so. what, I, what I think tends to happen, and uh, I know Red Letter Media um, do this joke a lot, is you've got to imagine that when, when there's all these executives at Paramount, and they all come into a room, and they all sit down, and then one of them goes, okay, what, what do we got? What did really well? Oh, that Sonic movie did well. Oh, that's a great, that's a great movie. We got a sequel? We got a sequel. What else you got? Well, we could do a spin-off show. Oh, great, a spin-off. Who, what characters can we use? Well, this Dr. Eggman guy. Yeah, let's do a spin-off. Let's do a spin-off about Dr. Eggman. And then they will do it for the sequel as well. Only this time it's, oh, that Knuckles was popular. Yeah, yeah, we got Knuckles. We got Idris Elba. He's signed on to do a TV show. We'll do a TV show with Knuckles and Idris Elba. That's great. And honestly, and that's the tone that I get from this universe, too. Like, we got to remember is that the the Rachel, like the Rachel wedding scene, all the Sonic fans in, you know, the people in our bubble, you know, kind of had a had a thing about that. The layman viewer, the people that are actually bringing in the majority of the money. Oh, I, they, I'm pretty sure that those human scenes were actually fairly popular with those audiences. It kind of hurt me that Wayne, like I, 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 I am. Wayne, I am a layman viewer, and the wedding scene is awful. No, literally, it like is, I remember, it is. It but is. I'm talking awful. basic bitch layman. I remember, like, it was um, lame, man. However, uh, I remember when I showed Sonic Two to my sister, and she grew up with Sonic One and Two on the Mega Drive when she was like six. But that was it. She didn't. She she pursued her own life independent of the Hedgehog, unlike myself. Um, but when we saw the second one, I told her when the Rachel scene came up, I was like, "Okay, if you want a pee break, now's the time to do it." But she was fucking, she was like, "Yeah, go on, Rachel, you queen." I was like, well, "What the fuck?" Yeah, exactly. That that's what I'm talking about. Is that like again? I I can't remember. I would need to verify the information, but I do remember seeing like there was like numbers somewhere, like actual like uh, you know actual like focus group or whatever you want to call it it, it looked like that shit was popular with uh you know with a, a good majority of people and those are the people that are actually making the difference in the money like uh, the the sonic fans and everything are always going to be a portion uh, what's going to matter is if uh if like a, your your next door neighbor or your mom and dad are go going to sit down and watch it you know what i mean that yeah, I, I get it because like there's like it's funny to me that, like, when, when you see critic reviews or, or stuff like this, you know, like, the thing making the money for this movie, they go see the Sonic the Hedgehog movie, and they go, I love that fucking scene where Sonic is not in the movie. Or, right. or, or I, I think it's even better. The people that rate the Godzilla movies with more human stuff in it as better than the other ones. Because it's like, yeah, when I go see a Godzilla movie, I really want to see scientists talking about uh morality something and I will how say... the world is going end. just have godzilla step on th that skyscraper dude well that's to all. be fair that's that's also part of the point of of godzilla it was always about the human aspect uh, i mean I did you see minus him... one yeah i just want to see him beat up king kong again i want to <laughs> see it again the thing is though um, dude when... dude please watch godzilla minus one holy shit the thing Sorry. when, see, when the, the sequel the came out when the sequel came out there was all these critic reviews and Sonic fans reacted in exactly the way they always do. It's don't like, to the oh, critics. the critic, don't ignore the critics. They're just, they've just got an opinion. 
It doesn't matter. It's what you think. And uh, there was this one poor critic that got a hell of a lot of abuse from Sonic fans because he said, I much preferred the human scenes. And one thing he wrote in his review, which really stuck out to me, was um, there was there's a scene that he really liked. It's between it's when Sonic is with the family, I believe he said it. And then the family goes away and Sonic's left alone to um, get up to all this hijinks. And then he gets a bit bored of the movie until the family come back later on. And he got so much abuse for it. Just loads of abuse from this from loads of Sonic fans who was like, why would you go see a Sonic movie if you don't want to see Sonic? And when I first saw the sequel, I'm watching the scenes between Tom and Sonic and good God, those are good scenes. They are. I mean, all right, they're not going to win any awards, but uh, uh, what's it? What's his name? The guy who plays Tom? Uh, James Marsden. He, James he's, Marsden. He's very sincere. He gives in a really good performance. Yes. His yeah, like, like, dude, thing like, is... I was, I, I was invested in their relationship, and like yeah. when when Sonic calls him dad at the end of the movie, oh, like I God, legitimately so felt nice. something. I agree. Dude, like uh, you know, I just want to yeah. say because my previous thing about the the rant I had real quick, I do not dislike the human characters or anything. Like I I think the wedding scene went on for like a little bit too long, just like a little bit. But like I liked a majority of the scenes, and like you said, like I just think it's silly that critics like pick that out as being the important stuff, you know, compared to... But I you know saw, what I mean? Like, I do like the I, Tom and Sonic scenes well, a lot. I, I, agree, I sort though. of agree, though, because you had this... Um, it's quite a cool setup. Like, you have Sonic trying to find his place in, in this world without being too overexposed that the government's going to take him away and do experiments on him. But he's still a kid trying to find, what do I do with my life? And mm -hmm. you've got this wonderful scene between... Tom, this father figure, and Sonic, and it's really well done. And then all of a sudden, the movie's like, "Okay, well, we're gonna go over there now, Sonic. You stay here and try not to get in trouble." And I've sat and I've sat watching it, thinking, "No movie, go bring Tom back. I want Sonic to go with now, Tom." So something um I kind of will say is like, um I mean it's kind of giving away something that's from an upcoming video, but I'll say it anyway. Um, I think spoilers. It's good to... I think Sonic 2 had a good intention in kind of divorcing the human stuff from the Hedgehog stuff a little more in that it was like, you know, we keep the humans relegated to this subplot and the rest of the movie can be like Sonic and Tails traveling through Siberia and stuff like that. And I like that on paper, but I would much rather have a story where the human characters are much more diegetic with the Hedgehog stuff and so we can have the two coexisting on screen together than one that cuts away from the hedgehog stuff for six whole minutes to have no scrimblows on screen whatsoever. That was kind of my issue. Is I love the scenes with Sonic and Tom Wachowski. Like, I, I, I like the whole... It's part of the reason why I love movie Sonic so much is because he is a much more humanized depiction of the character, which I know there's a lot of people that hate that, but for me, that works. Um, I mean, even... Even, like, some of the stuff with, like, the wedding plot even wasn't that bad. I just think it was the most poorly executed material in the movie. It wasn't a make um, sense. Like, what? I, I still... Let's I have still a crazy think, wedding with shenanigans. 
I, I don't know. I still think the uh, the the best joke in the entire movie was uh, the reveal when everybody's just like, oh, you're all agents. And the priest and has a gun. Priest, and he just opens the, the Bible and there's a gun in it. That's the funniest fucking joke in the whole movie. My favorite, bit, yeah, my favorite joke bit in the no. movie was when they first arrive at the Siberian uh, cottage place and the woman holds up like the skull thing but then it cuts to a fish and its head gets chopped off and just goes run <laughs> i was just like, yeah, that's yeah some... I, I wanted more goofy shit like that's that. some steve oh, hillenberg stuff right there oh my know? god wait my favorite yeah, yeah. thing in the movie is even funnier to me than the priest thing the thing that made me laugh so hard was when they they, they get up to the dance battle and the guy pulls off his his vest and he's got an exact same pose tattoo of himself standing the <laughs> yeah. same way he is <laughs> I will. So I will say, but I love it. My my roommates and I watched that recently. I think it was actually it was, that was our Christmas Eve movie this past <laughs> that year. Kills me. But thinking about it, I uh, Jesus, that movie is long. Holy shit, that's a long movie. They needed uh, like the God part damn, where it felt I long for me realize. was the fucking um, Rachel stuff though. <laughs> I remember. Yeah, I don't being... know. I was I was feeling the length at a point. Like that. That's a two and a half hour long movie. Yeah, but like once oh, it's like, so like for, four hours for me, all of the stuff in like the first act, uh, you've got you know the scene where Sonic does the rescue in Seattle. You've got um all the stuff in Siberia. You got the mountaintop stuff. I was like, this is all gold. This is all what I want from a Sonic movie. Then you've got the third act where you've got like Sonic running to the labyrinth zone and fighting Knuckles and the Death Egg robot fight, and that is all absolute unadulterated gold. But for me, where, where I'm like, oh God, this is Dragon, is you've got... It's just whenever they don't have any Sonic characters on screen, when you've got that six-minute stretch of not only have you've got um, Rachel and Maddie infiltrating the hotel with Tails' weapons and stuff, uh, you've also... You follow that up with um, the fucking running around in the go-kart scene, and then you follow that up with Wade on a scooter getting interrogated by Agent Stone, and it's like, uh. yeah... The thing is, it, I, it, if it's Robotnik and stuff, it's fine. But if we're having scenes where there are no Sonic characters on screen, that is where I kind of start drawing a line. I remember being in the cinema, turning to my buddy Dom and being like, I love this movie, but it is losing me here. It's I'm going to be minutes. honest. I I honestly think that the dance sequence, the dance battle thing in Siberia is just as tedious as the wedding scene. It is. <laughs> I like it. One hundred percent is partially because that Bruno Mars song. That Bruno Mars song sucks. It's bad. It's a stupid song. It's annoying as fucking. You're all wrong. I think for me, the the dance scene. It it just. I just sort of sat watching it, going, "Oh God, we're doing this scene again." Because it, it feels like whenever you've got a like a live action hybrid movie, and you've got two of the CG characters, they have to dance at they some point. Dance, it it yeah. happened in Garfield, and I'm like, why is this happening? What? It's why? Dancing is funny. And Smurfs and... But the thing, the thing with the wedding scene, though, that sort of tips it for me as to what is happening here is some of the cast in that scene, they're doing some really bad performances. Like, the, the guy who's the, the gun commander... He couldn't phone that in more if he was E.T. I don't know. What I like about the gun commander is he feels like he just walked off the set of the naked gun. He does. He feels like... He, he feels yeah, like, he, do, he is. Uh, He's in the wrong the film. Naked, the naked what? Uh, the na Shut up. <laughs> okay, fine. Airplane. <laughs> oh, we should... <laughs> 
Let me watch it. Should we move on? Right now? Sure. <laughs> oh, sure. shit. We're still talking about this goddamn movie, aren't <laughs> okay, we? Okay, so the, well, next, was... the next topic we've got is... Yeah, um... It'd be very jarring for anyone listening. <laughs> oh, yeah, we forgot we had a topics list. Here we go. Tell you what, before we talk about that part, the part that's in the thumbnail, let's talk... Who is highlighting the piss so much? Is that you, Dave? Oh, it might be me. Sorry. <laughs> it's okay. Um... <laughs> The Sonic Superstars sales um, have been revealed, and they're not very super. Yeah. Yeah. Shocker. I mean, I have a theory why that is, and some people will get angry at this theory. Is it the price tag? I don't think you can say there's one single thing as to why um, Sonic Superstars hasn't sold as well as Sega hoped it would, but... I think there's two factors for me that goes into it. Um, the first one is, I think Sega's marketing for this game tried to make it out as if it was, this is a true sequel to the classic games. And yet, when I played it at EGX, like a month before it came out, within a second I was like, this is not a classic sequel, and that's fine. It's clearly its own thing. And I think a lot of people didn't, buy into this whole oh it's a it's a it's a sequel to the classic games it's a sequel to the classic games no no it clearly is not it blatantly isn't to look at and it blatantly isn't to play i'm not interested stop trying to sell me something that it's clearly not i think there's and, that there's the fact that it was also very much leaning into the multiplayer angle in like the marketing as well when the multiplayer is i mean it, it casts the game in such an unflattering light if you just play it as a multiplayer thing um yeah, there is that too. The price um, tag also reeks of we charge this because we can. And yes, you can say there's about eight hours worth of campaign here, but half of that is going to be trip story, which I'm going to be real, is not worth the hassle. And that is just about one of the worst things I can say about half of a video game. Um, yeah, I didn't finish it. It's I never got to noting, the final, final boss because I just don't give a shit anymore. <laughs> a good chunk of, um, well, not a good chunk, but some of the sales for Sonic Frontiers came from good word of mouth within things like the metal community and stuff, I noticed. Because we suddenly had a lot of um, word of mouth marketing, technically, through... There were a lot of, like, music reaction channels where they had, like, you know, um, heavy metal experts and stuff reacting to, like, the Titan themes, being like, holy fuck, i got to buy this game now. I, I need to know what, what this is all about. Um, and, okay, that's not me saying that you can leverage millions and millions of sales on music alone, but what I will say is this... Music does a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to Sonic, and word of mouth does a lot of heavy lifting when it comes to marketing, and Sonic Superstars, one of the areas where it fails is the soundtrack. Okay. No, I yeah, see what you're but... saying. Like, I think you're right. Uh, I also think, as, as we were just bringing this whole thing up, uh, maybe it didn't do as well because the hype from Mania has been over for... They like waited way too now. long to do this. You know, like, like if they had released this... I, and I'm not saying, like, rush out a sequel as fast as possible, but when Mania was called the greatest Sonic game in 20 years, which I, I think was, you know, probably helped a bit for, for marketing, I, I think they should have been like, hey, get the sequel on the phone right now. We need a sequel. Yeah, and, um... Uh, I don't get why they didn't. Like, I feel like if they had released Sonic Superstars or something at least like it, maybe a, two years after or something, like at the at the latest, 
I think it would have done a lot better because at that point we're still in the era of Sonic Forces was the most recent Sonic game. It I, wasn't that good. And then I, you come out, oh, there's another good one. You know, well, like, oh, but maybe we'll get these kind of reliably. I also have something that's going to make people scream, Betrayal! But, um, releasing it opposite Mario Wonder did it no favors. And Spider-Man 2. Idea. And the thing is, I've had yeah. people say, yeah, but Mario Wonder was a 2D game that released for full price. It's like, yeah, but Mario Wonder is a lot better than Sonic it's, Superstars. It's also, it's also got the name Mario in it. Yeah. Yeah, regrettably, Which yeah. means, like, which I'm going to say in terms of marketing, means more than Sonic. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> like, and I wish it didn't. I really fucking yeah. wish it didn't. I mean, to be fair, if they released a game and called it Sonic Mania 2, that would probably... That would probably do a lot of legwork for it. That would probably bolster it up probably. quite a bit. But that would make years of free, so why not? Like, it would go crazy, I think. It would also be lying about Sonic People 2. have been like, Sonic Mania 2 coming soon. You know, like all those videos like that. I'm hoping, that, that though, would if require... they... Sorry, go on. That would require that game to know what it wants to be. If they ever... As, as a defender of, of, that, of, uh, of Superstars, I like Superstars, but that game was so split across all of its goals. I mean, the music is, like, the ultimate characterization of that. Like, the, the game can be summed up through its soundtrack. It's so strange, though, because... I know, Dave, you were saying it's not a classic game, it's not trying to be. I feel like it, it, it is trying to do its own thing, and like, Wayne, you were saying, it's sort of split in two directions. It feels like a classic game that is desperately trying to not be a classic game, but it has to fall back on all of these tropes from the originals that might not necessarily still work today like like the, the best way i can kind of phrase this and the way i've been thinking about it is if the team that made sonic superstars made super mario wonder or just like a you know like a modern 2d mario i feel like they would look back and take something like in this new Mario game, you can't go to the left anymore, just like in the classics. L like, it's falling back on the wrong things. Yeah, I mean, you know, they would have they would have made Super Mario 3D Land. That's the thing, is, like, Sonic uh, Superstars okay, unfortunately falls into a lot of the trappings of, like, a lot of the Dimps games, and there's a lot of, like, cheap instant deaths and stuff like that. But also, it brings back something like Gilly was saying on one of the more recent episodes about how it's trying to present itself as a new classic Sonic game, this time all original levels, yet your level selection is Green Hill Zone, Angel Island Zone, Sky Sanctuary Zone, Carnival Night, Hydro City, Sandopolis, and it goes on. It's just, again, yeah. it's like you can link all of the levels in it back to existing Sonic levels from the classics. Um, well, I don't think, I, I don't think there's like, if you really look to sonic superstars there's one single reason you can pin on that this is why it hasn't sold as well like there's for me there's three different things one of them's quite controversial but um something that i noticed that was happening to me when i was at egx i played sonic superstars a lot just because something that i've noticed about uh, sega when they go to um conventions lately is they've always got the best booth in terms of turnaround time like you're never waiting too long to play a sega game even though the lines are always quite long and i, I played uh, sonic superstars a lot and also got lots of pin badges for doing so that uh, no correlation anyway um every time i got a chance to play it i never played the stage where you have limited light because it was awful 
and I hated it, and I couldn't oh, stand it. You could and even have that level from... without that mechanic, and it would work perfectly fine. Dude, it, in multiplayer, it was impossible. Oh, like, there dude, was yeah, no in way multiplayer, to do it. I was just like, I, I was playing with my sister, I was like, okay, just wait there, okay? I'll, I'll bring us over, and then I'll use yeah, the Yeah, that was it. That was like, the, if you put a thing in the game that's like, you know, your friend can teleport to you once you're done doing the hard thing, but then that keeps automatically activating, like, every half second... That means you have made a bad multiplayer it's game. It's just also yeah, amazing well, how much of this could be mitigated by having the multiplayer be an online component, but Sega just refused to do that for some reason. Except in the battle mode, which is like like a stripped-down Fall Guys. Sorry, the thing with that stage is, you've got, you got to think about this for a minute. Um, public gaming conventions are on... I think that we won't really see them in a few years' time, but EGX, where I went to, it still attracts, like, several thousand people each day. And you've got Sega's booth, where you're not waiting too long to get on it. They must have had thousands of people, some of them repeat players, on that demo. They must have known that that stage wasn't that good. Why would you put that stage in your public demo? You're right, they should have... It was terrible! They should have put Press Factory Act Two instead. I mean, I actually, I am Press Factory's one defender. I I think that level is more fun than people. Like, I know the Act One's a little annoying with like the bouncing, but that's kind of the point. You I know, like, like the fact that the a... level the level is fine. It's just the music that's annoying. I like the music that there's a visual should have been, cue. like in time with the pound. Like, pfft, there's a visual cue cool. to let you know. Like, because that's that's the thing that separates it from for me, uh, like Wacky Workbench, for example, which it often gets compared to. Wacky workbench is just you touch the fucking floor, you're going up, and you're going up really, really fucking high, and you've got, like, a long way down to go. Whereas this is just a little hop, and you've got, you know, these lights around the stage, and then you've got this big hydraulic press in the background, and I love the concept of a Sonic stage where you have to pay attention to the background, and time jumps it, with that. And when yeah, you get a good playthrough in of Press Factory, which can be done by using a lot of drop dashing... Like, it feels really good seeing this level bouncing around you while you're just tearing through it. Um, so I agree, but doesn't Wacky Workbench also telegraph the bouncing with the, the flashing like, yeah, the electric lights, floor? Yeah, right the lights pulse, I think, three times. Ah, uh, fair enough. Yeah. yeah, no, it does that um, in Act 2, I think, first. doesn't it? Like, Act 1, it's always bouncy, I think. Yeah. No, but both, both acts. Yeah. Well, e either way, I think, like, I think it's throwing you up yeah. as high as oh. it does. Um, yeah, yeah. And the fact that it stays um, bouncy for as long as it does, whereas this is just a quick little hop. Um, but, yeah, like Sonic Superstars, its sales, I think, can be pinned on just a lot of factors. I think on a whole, like, I was Sonic Superstars' serious soldier for a little while, um, especially in, like, the earlier episodes of, like, post-reboot Sunset City. But, um... It's one of those things where I do still really enjoy the game. I do still come back to it more than I do Sonic Mania, just on the virtue that it's not reusing so many levels like Mania did. But it is also kind of like, guys, there are things, there are lessons we've learned over the years, and there's not really any excuse for us to be falling into these things again. Just th things like um, basic game design stuff in some areas. There's a bit in like um, 
egg fortress where there's these little flamethrower jet thingies and they have a little animation where they're heating up and then they blow out the flames so it gives you a chance to get off of them you would think but no when they just start heating up they can already hurt you and that's just really rubbish design there's that fucking cat and mouse game in cyber station where you can't see up that thing the first time you're doing it so you have no idea whether you're gonna go into the direction that leads you out or whether or not you're gonna land in an electric field at the top these are basic telegraphing things that Sonic Superstars is just missing, you know? For me, um, personally, um, it's really weird because I actually have the game, but I've never played it. I, I have not played it. The, the reason why I bought it, admittedly, is because I collect Sonic pin badges and, ooh, Smith's Toys have a promotional <laughs> pre-order the game and get this pin badge set? Yes, please. It's bad, I know, and yes, I am part of the problem of pre-order culture. But uh, me too. Yeah, I, like... I have the Sonic game. I mean, I'm apparently the there, target there demographic dollars. for this kind of game, and I've got no interest to play it because it has just never looked that appealing to me. When when they first announced it, I was like, "Oh, this looks cool. This looks fun. Oh, there's there's Fang the Sniper, Knack Knack the Hunter, as he's now called. That's interesting." Close but <laughs> every time they show a stage from it or showed a stage there was something about it that just looked awful and for me it was when i went to egx and i played i first played the the standard stage i can't remember the name of it and i thought this was great and then i played the second stage which was the one where you have very little light and i just thought this is awful i can't stand this i don't want to play this game you fell off unfollow unsubscribe ah. blocked it was Jeez, that was a fast turnaround but the but the other thing as well and this is kind of the controversial thing and i freely admit that this is a very hard sell in what admittedly is going to be a very short time for me to try and justify this i think sonic frontiers may have also had a negative impact on this game but not in the way we think you reckon it might be that because i it's something i've been thinking for, me, for a while does modern sonic I, have more goodwill than classic now? not exactly um you see, the thing is, people people always go on about how people always argue about mainly in the Sonic fandom. What do you like? Do you like modern 3D Sonic or do you like 2D Sonic? Nobody I cares. Like people just want a good game, and I'm sort of in the camp that Frontiers is not as good as the hype train currently seems to want it to be. I think and I'm with you on this one because I think everybody kind of. Uh, the opinion everybody seemed to have about Frontiers definitely seemed to shift after that final update came out, and we... Well, in a way to sort of uh, speed up my point of this a bit more, how many of you guys have seen uh, H-Bomber Guy's Deus Ex um, Human Revolution video? I haven't ah, seen it. Right, video, well, yeah. at the end of that, he talks about Mankind Divided very briefly, and he makes the point that he talks to a bunch of his friends and says a lot of them seem to really enjoy deus ex uh, human revolution and i was one of them and i'm sat there thinking yeah i also enjoyed it and then he talked to his friends and said did you play the sequel and a lot of his friends said no they didn't get around to play it or they actually bought the game and they've never touched it and i was like my god that's me i literally have uh, mankind divided still sealed up on my shelf and i've never played it even though apparently i enjoyed i enjoyed the um, the original and his theory was, 
Deus Ex Human Revolution didn't quite set the world on fire. And as a result, it's had a bit of an impact on the sequel. And I think about Sonic Frontiers. And yeah, it was really overhyped by fans crazily, but my god, there was a lot in there which wasn't that amazing. And you had all these people saying, my god, it's amazing, it's brilliant, it's brilliant, I've got to try this game. And Sega's announcing, my god, it sold 3 million copies, 5 million copies, 6 million copies, 10,000 billion copies! Wow, that's a lot. That's a lot of people who played a game which didn't really set the world on fire. And now you've brought out a game which, admittedly, me, the target demographic, will say, I don't think that looks that good, guys. I don't remember the last time somebody referenced Sonic Frontiers in a positive light when they weren't just talking about the Titan fights. Because everything between it is tedium. And it is an exhausting experience of a video game to get oh, to I have opinions on well, the Titan like, fights, but I'll save like those for another day. Opposite on that. My, yeah. I, I really liked not to, not to like not the devil's advocate or anything. I just really liked running around that big open area and finding things. I'm not really that I might have bad taste in games, maybe, but I think it's sort of fun. Like, I think some of those platforming challenges are a good time. I think just looking for things were cool, and I really, really liked the idea of finding all of these cutscenes all around the island and seeing what the characters were talking about. I guess that's like, if you care about story, then that's a bigger part of it. I mean, I'm very much kind of with you in a lot of the sense. Like, so one of my things for me is when I'm not playing Sonic Frontiers, if when it's been a little while, I'm like, man, what an interesting game. Like, the world building is fucking wank. Uh, the open zones look like absolute trash. The pop-in is fucking embarrassing. Yeah, they do look like the game can cool. kind of break from just not playing it the way it wants to be played. And I, I just think, yeah, this is a game where Sega were very much in the spotlight, all eyes on them, and they kind of delivered what's effectively the world's best college project. Um, but then when I pick up the game and I play it again, I'm like, here's the fucking thing, though. I'm having some of the most fun that I have while playing a video game. And th- that's the thing, is I have played back through the story again as well a few times now. Um, and I just have so much fun with just the basic mechanics of the game. Like, the open zones and stuff... They look like garbage, but just running around them is fun. Like, e- even, like, down to Chaos Island. Like, I don't love the fact that so much of those challenges are in 2D. Um, but I do love just exploring that place and just how hilly it is. I mean, it's also worth noting that the updates did go quite a long way, such as, like, Update 2, bringing in the Spin Dash. Chaos Island is transformed by that mechanic. Um... <laughs> But then it's also, like, Update 3 is another great example of this in that when I went to review Update 3, I was feeling quite a bit worse about it than I was before. But when I went back and played the whole thing all over again, I had an amazing time. Like, I just had a fantastic experience. There were little frustrations here and there, mainly with Knuckles' climbing. But for everything else, and I mean, they've patched that now too. Like, I don't know, like, where I sit on Sonic Frontiers is... I think it succeeds in the one thing it needs to succeed in more than anything else, and that is being just a really fun experience. But it is, in a lot of technical aspects, quite a sorry picture, 
if you kind of get that's what I'm saying. That's interesting because I actually went back and, and replayed. Um, I actually went back and, and replayed the entire campaign right before the final update dropped, just kind of in preparation for it so that I could kind of get the main campaign under my belt again before like taking on the new conclusion. And it felt like work because I'm just like, God damn. It, it's so much just go keep yourself busy until you have enough shit to, to be able to move on. And it, it's just God Hey, I, I don't know, man. I, I, I'm sorry. I just don't agree. I don't think that the basic gameplay of Sonic Frontiers is enjoyable enough on its own to justify how how much of a chore just kind of like trying to, to keep going feels like in that game. What I kind no, of I, I get to... Sorry, Dylan. Do you want to go first? Yeah. Okay. Uh, I was... I think uh, the fact that it is a little bit of a chore... I, I think I tend to like more stuff like that, and I totally get that other people don't. Uh, oh, I, I do. Like I do. Like I'm, one of the, I, I'm one of the only people that will defend the original PlayStation 2 version of Tartarus from Persona 3. Like, it is nothing but tedium. Oh, I yeah, will it's all tedium. <laughs> well, so, I, yeah, I will I'm, grind. It's Going it's through just... 100 floors of Tartarus in one night is awesome. Well, like, something that feels I kind great. of looked at it as is, yeah. like, the open zones in Sonic Frontiers are, like, toy boxes with mini Sonic levels in them, and then there's the puzzle aspect and stuff. And the puzzle aspect I can kind of take or leave, but, like, the little toy box presentation of the levels is it is effectively just like any other Sonic game. You play a little level, and then you go to the next bit, you know? Like, that that's kind of what Sonic Frontiers is to me, is, like, okay, I'm now in this big open zone. Mm, what little pathway shall I take? Shall I take... Uh, that little platforming bit up there, or that little rail there. I'll, I'll take that one. I'll do that little course. I stayed on the platforms and the rails. I got the little reward. Now I'm going to go do another one. Now I have enough rewards to go speak to Amy. That's just kind of how I view it. Is like ultimately. I just had an epiphany about this. Sorry, go on. Like so, so what you're saying? Like usually this is like not an open world game, but it's open zone, right? So open world games kind of get me. It's difficult for me to play them because there's so much that I get overwhelmed. Like, I'm like, I'm never going to see everything. Where do I go? But with this game, like, you move so fast that I'm never like, oh, if I, if I don't go down that path right now, I'll never find it again because I'm going to find it again because I'm going to be running around. There's really always fast a little thrill there as well because the thrill like, is it, just it, in it, the fundamental gameplay. It's neat to, like, be running around so fast and finding things and then coming back upon these things every so often to, like, oh, I'll do this now because I ran back over here and it didn't take that much time. I can go do something else. And, and I've also definitely get the tedium aspect of it, though, because I was going to say earlier, I, I've been playing this game called Chibi Robo Clean Sweep on the DS, and most of the gameplay involves... Uh, most of the gameplay involves... Like, literally plugging in a vacuum cleaner and cleaning up dust. But I've been playing it for probably, like, 15 hours now. Because it's just so fun to, to like, see these objectives and find them in this little world. And then just take care of them. I, I guess that's just the kind of game I like. Maybe that's sort of why I like Pal World a lot, too. Because it's, like... I, I don't know. There's just mechanics in place that... Ensure that I know how to continue. There's not going to be any huge curveballs, and uh, I can, uh, I guess, be comfortable, enjoy, 
and then kick ass when it goes to the Titan segments. It just not in Chibi Robo, but so, in the other one. It's so stuff that plays oh. my little monkey brain. I'm like, I'm yeah. running along. Yeah, it's monkey brain thing. I'm running along, and I'm like, oh, I'm going really fast. Everything's a roller coaster. This is a fun time. And then I'm gonna beat up a robot. I'm like, look at him go! I pressed some buttons, and he did some cool shit. And then it's like the Titan fights. Like this is cool music, and it's a tiny, 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 tiny little guy beating up a big boy. I'm just like. Yeah, it's like, now just g give me that, but give me that with art direction, and you got a 10 out of 10 on your hand, Sega. Well, anyway, uh, we don't need to worry, because um, you can play a Shadow now in Sonic Superstars, and that's oh, yeah. going to make it sell a bazillion <laughs> copies, right? right uh, if, if you want an actual testament, though, to just how monkey, brain, how monkey brain I am towards Sonic games, if they had actually given us a proper little classic shadow. My score for Sonic Superstars would have gone from a 7 to an 8. Just on the pure virtue <laughs> that it's a that it's a classic Sonic game where you can play as Shadow. Yeah. What are they so afraid of? Just fucking do it. Like, they have the rabbit skin in there. Like, are they saying the rabbit skin is canon because it's in the game? Just do a classic Shadow. Who cares? Notice how they refer to this as a Shadow costume. Because if they called it a Shadow skin, it would just get a lot more macabre. Ah, oh, yeah. Clarice. Why do you think he takes their skins? <laughs> um ah uh, okay. yes okay though. the so, perfect side the sonic superstars this is a freebie so i am i'm gonna go a little easy on it because i mean well, how am i supposed to even get a little bit pissed about this but like as it is i, I said in the you're, past, you're not pup you're not I, i've seen people who are genuinely angry and i'm just like why so well he hear me out hear me out i might you, you never know i might start going fuck sega um wait sonic fans are angry about something what <laughs> i saw a great i saw a great post today that was just like can you imagine take take all of the uh the hottest takes right now from the game industry like the yellow paint being in final fantasy 7 rebirth and try explaining that people are upset about that like actually angry to a normal fucking person no, absolutely. It's like the Peter Parker face <laughs> thing as well. Like, yeah, it's just it's just it's so not worth getting that heated about. Um, but okay, so uh, in the previous episode when we talked about this when it was news, I kind of said this could go one of two ways: we could get an actual little classic shadow skin and costume, just refers to it as a skin kind of thing, or it will be Sonic running around in a shadow onesie. Literally said that. Literally called it. I think a lot of people did. I, I'm not, you know, alone in that. But um. I said then I wouldn't be mad about that, and I'm not mad about it. I think it's a really cute little skin. I think the design is really cute. It's fine. I, I gotta, it's fine. I gotta put a butt next to it. I gotta. I gotta. It sets a sad precedent for me, right? It, it just sets a very sad precedent in that... Man, I would have happily paid, like, five bucks for an actual classic Shadow skin. Um, and... <laughs> I think the reasoning for just not doing this is ridiculous. It was one of those things where when they announced it, I was like, are they finally going to grow a pair and just let the video game feature be a video game feature without treating Sonic mythology like it's this scribed document? Are they finally going to do it? And it's one of those things where I wasn't surprised or really even disappointed when I saw that it was a onesie. I was like... Yeah, okay, there it is. It means that they haven't grown a pair of balls. And that's a little disappointing. But it is cool. And I, I, the thing is, there are people that rationalize it. There are people that say, 
oh, classic shadow would look weird. It's like, no, just take the fucking thing we've got right now and color his face in, and then it's, boom, the classic shadow, and it would look fine. The other thing is I've noticed that there's a lot of Sonic fans lately who it's like, there could be an announcement that Sega have now embargoed blinking, that Sonic cannot blink. And people would be like, <laughs> well, actually, it doesn't make any sense for Sonic to blink anyway. It's okay, Sega's restriction makes a lot of sense, to be honest. He's the embodiment of the wind. The wind doesn't blink. You know? I just... Can I just sort of interject here talking with, about? with uh, something about something about Sonic Gen uh, Superstars when when it was first announced uh, and they were and they showed oh you can get the deluxe super digital hyper X on ice edition it's got all <laughs> these skins when I saw that and when I saw all the the there was all these other promotional things and some of them were just downright. Um, crap which was one of them was you had to join an online gambling gaming casino to get a fake currency to win points just to get a comic book skin pack when i saw all this stuff i genuinely genuinely thought and still sort of think this is actually a fun neat idea sonic superstars would constantly get little updates like this where you can now play as a as a skin of this character or a skin of this character oh we're gonna add big the cat to the game as a skin and i was like i'm okay with this this is fun this is a neat thing to do which wouldn't be that expensive and it would just keep the game every now and again it would pop up on oh yeah this game still exists maybe you want to buy it now look at all this content that's in here most of us would see through it, but, you know, it would be something that they could constantly do. So when I see this little shadow uh, skin thing, I'm like, I'm okay with this. But at the back of my head, I'm thinking, why haven't they given us more? There's that. They, they, like, they, they, could, they could open the floodgates with this. For all those characters that they're too fucking pussy to give classic versions, they could make them onesies in this. They, they could gradually trickle through, make whatever fucking monetizing strategy, and look, look, I, I don't like it, but it makes sense from a business standpoint. Fucking buy packs of these fucking onesies for all the different characters. Get a shadow skin for Tails, an SPO skin for Knuckles, get, you know, fucking Charmy the Bee for, for, yeah, for Tails, and stuff like that. I, I'm not gonna do it, I'm not gonna buy it, but I'm just... From I am a business sat standpoint. here scratching my head wondering why they just haven't done a single one. Well, this is the same studio that waited 13 years. Good. This is the same studio that waited 13 years to give us a Sonic Generations DLC. Oh. Yeah. Which one was that? Shadow Generations. Oh, God! <laughs> it's 13 years later, I'm afraid. <laughs> but, um, 13 years. God. Jeez. God, Dude, I was in high school. I was in my first year of high school when Sonic Generations came out. <laughs> that's, that's I, still, I still had hope about my future when that game came out. Uh, I've seen... The thing is, though... I've, I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, Dave. I've seen people saying <laughs> it would make it's more fine. sense to give us modern Shadow. I'm like, well, fucking do it then! Just do it! Just put them all in there! Give us... I'm turning into the nostalgia critic. Give us, like, <laughs> modern Sonic, modern Tails, as skins. Then I can play through any level that Jun Sonoi did the music for and pretend I'm playing Sonic the Hedgehog 4 Episode 3! I can finally complete my teenage years the way I should have done in I have, the past. I have to say... I, I, I have to say, and... Uh, uh, if you wear, if you're listening to this wearing headphones, please turn them down because there's a chance I might do a high pitched screech in a second. I'm holding a cat though. I can't I've right now. Seen, Don't do it. I've seen genuine people 
on on the social medias who they're angry and the reason why they're angry and this is not like a a joke angry it's genuinely angry they either do not like this this onesie or they don't want a classic shadow because it will ruin the canon which and i'm sat there thinking why are you looking this deeply into it? You don't the need is, to. You can just hold, put whatever you like in this. People it doesn't hold, matter. It's just a fun little extra. People you don't need Sonic to overthink this. People, Otherwise, Ian Flynn is going to start putting 10,000 million references in the next game to explain everything that doesn't need to be explained. People hold Sonic mythology to a higher standard than almost any other fictional entity. Like Spider-Man, for example. Like the Spider-Man game, if I want to, I can wear Miguel O'Hara's costume. Or, or I, I, can, I can wear Ben Riley's costume. People are like, oh, because they're just costumes. All right, then. All right, then, then I can wear the Into the Spider-Verse, my costume and it will run at a 12 fps frame rate just to accommodate for that animation style it's like, oh, but Here's the thing, Insomniac understand that they are a games company, they're not National Geographic, okay? They're here to make a thing that is to be made to be played, to have fun with. And I do not understand why A, Sega holds Sonic's lore to such a high standard when this is the same franchise that around five years ago, told us that classic Sonic is from another dimension now, and B, why fans even bother to defend it? Like, what is to be gained by saying, no, you can't it's have a completely a false... innocuous skin of classic It's such shadow. a false argument and debate anyway, because this is, this is Sonic superstars. They were literally offering you costume characters as pre-order bonuses. It doesn't matter. Like, Lego skins. The rabbits. Oh, the rabbit, yeah. Oh. Like, you could put whoever you want in there. Where's it the doesn't matter. You don't need Sega. to have pages of explanation as to why Where does Lego there. Sonic Just fit in? Put him in. Honestly, Sonic Frontiers is the reason I don't really care about the canon anymore, because that was a game that actually tried to go back and do something with it, and it felt incredibly hollow by the end because it didn't actually mean anything. Well, my favorite thing is it's the game that's meant to reestablish all the canon, and it has two endings, and we don't know which one's canon. <laughs> Yeah, well, that, that's what I mean. Though, like, the, the canon doesn't real. fucking matter in this franchise, and it's, Frontier it, sealed that. It's fine. No, nobody cares. Oh, pop! Oh, only, only Sonic fans played Update Three. Nobody else did. They're missing out because I love Update Three. Okay, I said it. I fucking said it. I'm out of the closet now. I loved Update Three. I'm out of the Update Three closet. Um, all right. Um, so right. Okay. Um, fuck. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I just. I. I wish Sega would have a little more fun with it. Um, personally, and I wish the fans would be willing to let Sega have a little more fun with it too. Like, Sonic is a real goldmine for creativity and just doing wacky ideas and stuff, and it's like, fuck me, we're getting a Shadow Generations game, he's gonna visit the past, who's to say that classic Sonic didn't see him running around at some point, you know, and just be like, ah oh, well. Bought a hoodie? He fine. constructed a hoodie based off of someone he saw once? Oh, so considering the Avatar had Fucking those- crazy. Had those shadow clothing in Sonic Forces if you pre-ordered it. It makes me wonder, does Shadow just have his own little clothing line? And secondly, maybe make it for humans. Maybe it's not even Shadow. Maybe maybe classic Sonic's a fan classic of Sonic uh, like yeah. a, a Batman-based hedgehog superhero, and Why that's just the costume he we got. We all are, you know. Um, but fine. God, I hate Sonic. One thing it's I was fine. One thing I was saying. Oh, that's a nice little callback that you didn't even notice. Um, but um. 
Yeah, all I'm going to say is I hope they start selling shadow onesies because I really want one. They sort of are. They sort of are. are they the Sega going? shop. The Sega shop does have a Shadow the Hedgehog dressing gown. I, I I needed to be a onesie. I needed to be something I could run around at Comic Con in. I went to the last Comic Con in a Sonic onesie and summoned all the other Sonics. Um, but I kind of thought about if I had a Shadow or a Super Sonic, I could actually assert dominance over the other Sonics. God, we have so many things on the piss document. Yeah, we'll we'll we'll, we'll, we work, our, we'll work our way through. So, okay, have we said? All well, this we next to... one's going to be quite quick, I think. All right, who wrote burger on there? Who wrote French fry? Who's writing burger and French fries on the piss? I'm really hungry. What? What have I told you? Get dinner before. Okay. Um. Okay. 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 So, um, breaking news: there is a Sonic lounge fly bag. Yes, and it is awesome. It does look quite cool. Should I put a picture of it up on the stream? I think you should. Dude, okay. I had no context for, for that. It just said lounge fly. And when you started saying that, like it was just normal, everyday, average knowledge. I was like... Well, I, I, posted it in the right wrong, I posted it in the wrong channel completely. It's and fine. Oh! Yeah. Oh, I see it. I see it now. Okay. But yeah, it is really cool. Wait, what Dylan, did you not know what a lounge fly is? No, dude. It's I don't bad. know anything. It is true. I don't have any bags. <laughs> you do have a toilet brain. <laughs> Alright. Yeah, so it's a Loungefly March collection thing. Kind of got a little bit of a USA Sonic vibe to him, which I quite like. Here's where we're going to yeah. dis dissect this now. So, uh, the muzzle curve is non-existent on this, as you can see. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> oh, how does this fit into the canon? Yeah, I don't remember Sonic ever being a bag. He's the wind. He would never be a bag. Wait, he's holding a ring, but whenever he touches them, they disappear. <laughs> I think it's a cool bag, though. I, I thought he was it... holding his stomach. I thought he was holding his stomach like Santa Claus. I, I, I didn't see vomit. the thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, I don't feel too good. <laughs> it's cool. Um, I just hope it looks like that in the final, because I, I remember there was this company that made a Sonic bag a long time ago, and it looked really amazing. It had all these metal rings on it. And when it came out, they clearly had a downgrade, and it just looked awful. It was, it was such a downgrade. But I've got a feeling that might be close to final. Oh, it looks good. It looks good. So, um, none of us have played it, but Sonic Dream Team had an update recently. Yes, and I'm interested that the video they uploaded said update one. So that leads me to believe that the game has been a success. I can't wait for final wake up or whatever the fucking third one's gonna be called. <laughs> Final, Final insomnia. <laughs> Final nightmare. That uh, I would be awesome. totally down. I'd probably resubscribe to the Apple Arcade thing if they add actually like more content. Like add not... the spin dash. Get Kishimoto on the phone and add the spin dash. I, I'm excited to see what it, like I have the Apple TV still, but I canceled the the yeah, same subscription. Here. I, like, I don't want to keep paying it. I'm just gonna but renew like, it every time I play the game, basically. Um, yeah, if I want to play the game, I'll go spend eight dollars and see what they sucks. have to say. I would rather just have like a one-time purchase. This game is worth like twenty bucks. I'd say. Yeah, I'd like a cartridge of this game, like for my NES or something. Sweet. What? <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Dylan. It does make me wonder about this because um, we've. I know we don't really. You don't really talk about rumors, but I mean, there is a lot of hints that possibly Netflix 
are going to get some exclusive Sonic content as well. If it does amazingly well, is it ever going to get a, re- a release off those closed pl- platforms, do you reckon? Oh boy. Yeah, that's, that's the, that's the a nightmare. Genie. That's a genie in a lamp right there. I mean, as, <laughs> as it is, like, oh yeah, that's a point. Uh, Sonic Mania has come to Netflix as well. Oh, it, oh, oh, that looks fabulous. Apparently it's yeah, on Netflix? It is I, think awful. It's a, I don't think it's come to some regions just yet. It's like, not it's in not my region. Yeah. I tried downloading... Yeah, I just remembered that, like, you can actually download games to your phone through the Netflix app. I tried it with Shovel Knight Dig, and the app keeps closing every time I try to open it. So, so far off to a great start. I, Good job, Netflix. For some reason, I don't see Sonic Mania. For some reason, I was bargaining, though, because I... Well, I was clearly bargaining, because I decided to download Sonic Prime Dash for some reason. Um, and then it was like, oh, you can unlock Valentine's Day Rouge. And I was like, oh, all right, then. <laughs> okay, I'll play hey, no. for a bit. Sega knows. I'll play for a little bit, fine. All right. Well, unlock a little Rouge, you know? <laughs> yeah, the reaction to the new Rouge costume was certainly something. I mean, come May- on, man. They, they know, we know, everyone knows. Uh, they some know. People, that some people will get it, others won't. There are some bad people in this fandom, and that's probably the reason why they made a 21-inch tall Rouge the Bat plush, because there are some bad people Wait, in the you, fandom. Wait, what? That's a thing? <clears throat> that is a real thing. Where can I find yeah. them? Mm. Uh, why? Look, don't man, answer that. Look, man, I know don't don't of, answer that. He doesn't I know, believe I know that there's a lot of Sonic fans that like to... Real. I know there's a lot of Sonic fans like to beat around the bush, like to joke around. I would wreck that bat. Oh and my god! Complete sincerity. I would just completely destroy her. And so I just sort of changed my avatar, so I've fallen off the desk at that comment. <laughs> oh yeah, sure thing. Um, hang on. It doesn't work now. You've told me to do it, but like, okay. <laughs> Damn, I can't check Mania on my right. phone because <laughs> Netflix did that stupid like you're not in the same household as the subscriber thing. That's no, weird, I don't have Netflix anymore. I share Netflix with my sister, and she lives overseas. Well, oh, I've said it. It's lucky they haven't found you yet. Ninjas are gonna come get you. Yeah, that was stupid, dude. Well, I, I no, we've actually who... all been Netflix agents this whole time, trying to get you to admit that. Even the priest. Yeah, opens even the, the priest. Bible. He opens got the a TV book. He's got like a Netflix DVD. <laughs> I need to mail this back so I can get another DVD in the mail. So, Dave, 21 inches me... of Rouge. That's so much better than 19 inches of Venom, says Awfully Hot. But this is exactly what I'm talking about. There are some people in this fandom who right, are Okay, bad. but Dave, Dave, you're telling me. You're telling me you wouldn't. No, I wouldn't. It would be like just screwing a human with a mascot head on. Oh, I'm not that lonely. I think you should rename this episode. No, no, to something no, not no. related to this. Right, run a poll. Run, run a poll. Yeah, they got enough. Run a poll. No. <laughs> What's wrong with you people? Look, I just want to talk about game design. We'll get there. Don't worry about it. Why has it become bat-based women discussion all of a sudden? Well, when I'm they're sorry that. I remember why. <laughs> when they're that left. banging, you know, like. <laughs> <laughs> this is because Pup talked about Rouge every single time you talk to him. I am, I am actually kind of scared, though, the fact that... Uh, if we just talk about the tweet that Hard, Sega Hardlight made, anyway... They know! They, they, know that, they know that there are some bad people there, but it kind of makes you terrified at the prospect of... How far are they going to go with this in the future? You right, know, I'm this just, risk I'm, wait, Let about? me just screenshot it as it is right now, Dave. And you check the backrooms, buddy. 
You check the back rooms. Pretend it doesn't say five votes and it says like 555 votes. Oh, God! Calm down. Calm down. 500,000? 500 million votes. Anywho. Um, moving swiftly on. Um, we have a conversation to be had about Sonic game design, and our boy Badnik Mechanic has been itching to tell us... Jeez, what a, what a segue. Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> Between what you were just talking about. Speaking of this, fucking that... bats, um, Badnik Mechanic wants to tell us all about game design and stuff, because he's actually... You, you say you're like a programmer and stuff, and... and... Um, okay, I, I think I have to sort of temper this a little bit. Um, so... Not many people know, but I actually am a qualified uh, computer funny. scientist. Woo woo. And um, yeah, I have done game development before, and I did indeed work on a Sonic game. A real Sonic game that actually got released. And it was very good. And uh, anyway, uh, yeah, so what I like to think at least when I look at this stuff and I give my opinions on things, it's not just coming from a random place of no knowledge of this stuff there is some thoughts behind it but yeah um so when i look at uh, sonic game stuff in general um i have to say i don't really enjoy the direction it's going in at the moment and for me it kind of comes down to a sense of if you look at where 3d sonic games used to be there's kind of a moment for me where, and this is a very simplified, oversimplified explanation. There's a lot more to this. There was a change from where, like, like you've probably heard of the phrase the meta era, and it's a phrase that I hate, but everybody kind of agrees it sort of starts around Sonic, um, Sonic Generations at least, maybe even Sonic Unleashed. There was a, that was the point. That was the point where. You can't really compare those games to Sonic Adventure through to Sonic Heroes and possibly Sonic 06 because they're just so different to play. Now, for me, it's kind of the the emphasis on the efforts. Like if you if you play anything that came after Sonic Unleashed, the emphasis of the effort is taken away from the player and it's more towards the game will guarantee certain things like if you look at Sonic, if you look at something like Sonic Adventure and certainly Sonic Adventure 2, the emphasis on what you get from that game is primarily based on what the player puts in. So how well a player plays determines on how epic the moments are in terms of the rewards. And there's a good example in the upcoming video I'm doing where if you play Radical Highway, you get to the bridge as Shadow. And there's multiple routes through this bridge. There's the easy way, which is slow and pretty boring. And then there's the more complicated ways. But what's really interesting is when you actually get onto these higher platforms, there's multiple ways through them based on the player's skill. And these are kind of disguised into it. And the player has to actually do stuff in order to get the most out of these different stages. So just because they're on the higher platform doesn't mean they're going to get an epic moment. You know, the player has to do something. And one case in point is when you get to like the middle platform, you can either run and jump onto the onto these like platforms and platform your way to the rest of it, or you can run along these like suspension cables. And the suspension cables one is 
way cooler. But if you do the suspension cable one, you can actually get more points because there's a hidden grind rail you can jump onto that you can't if you take the slightly easier route. Whereas if you look at games which came out certainly after Sonic Generations, you wouldn't get that. You would get an epic moment so long as you were actually on that platform. It wouldn't matter what the player does. And for me, that feels like a... It feels like something has been lost because when you play these games where you have to constantly do stuff and make decisions, you're making all these different calculations. Like, um, I think the I think the actual example that um, I bring up in my video is you're making these kinematic equations where you have to consider your character's speed, the angle in which they're jumping, and then you have to make all these micro adjustments, which you don't even realize you're doing, but you're doing it constantly. It's like if you are, I was to ask you, what's one plus one? You instantly know the answers too. Well, it's like the game's asking you, how do you jump to this platform? Okay, I know I have to run at this speed. I have to press jump at this point. And then I have to slightly adjust depending on where spe specifically I jumped. Whereas in certainly in modern games, you don't get that. It doesn't matter so long as you actually make they make the jump at the right time or you get onto that specific platform and i realized i talked for a long time there no that was good <laughs> no no if you've got like a long thing to say by all means sometimes my yeah, vocal cords that, need was a lot of, um definitely about game design so would you say that it's like a layer of player agency has been reduced yes um the thing the thing with uh, certainly with generations is where you can put the pin on the point where the direction is that's the point where it definitely started to go. Whenever you make something more accessible or easier to play, which certainly Generations is, it's a very easy game to play, you take something away, it's inevitable you're going to do that. And I think with Sonic games, they're taking way too much away. Like, I have this thing where I don't call it the meta era, I call it either the spectacle or the automated era. Because... It's the sense that the, the, the game has to... It's almost like the game design is we have to reward the player regardless as to how well they're doing. We have to give them epic moments every time. So they do it determined basically on when, when the player reaches a specific point in the level, not necessarily how they get to that specific point. I tell you what, I completely agree with all of this and I'm, I'm going to say something that's going to sound like I'm trying to make a gotcha. I swear I'm not. I'm completely sincere with this. I no, agree. go for it. I don't mind. I agree 100% with what you're saying. I think Sonic Frontiers Update 3 did a lot to move things in that direction again. In that... No, I, I kind of agree with you on that. Um, I haven't played up, Update 3, but... Um, oh, good lord, I can't remember his name. Who did you have on last week? Who did uh, the, the Update Curry 3 video? Yeah. I did watch a big chunk of his video, and I'm watching it, and I'm sort of thinking... My God, this is stuff I kind of want. That this is this is stuff I I've wanted from a Sonic game for a long time. Yeah. Well, the problem with it is, I'm so burnt out on Sonic Frontiers. I just don't. I genuinely don't know if I can bring myself to do update three. It's fair because I understand that for some people, it's like they got their fill of Sonic Frontiers on the first playthrough. Effectively, uh, with me. I loved the game so much, but was so disappointed by the ending and the final boss that I was like. 
as soon as it was announced that there'd be a new final boss, I was completely on board. Like, it didn't matter what else it did. Like, I could have given or taken the new playable characters as long as we got a cool new final boss, which I think we did. But what I was going to kind of say is... I, I think accessibility is very important in video games, especially considering that Sonic is kind of meant to be kind of for everyone. It's aimed at, you know, a lot of kids, families and stuff like that. It's always had like a challenge to it, but like it, it is predominantly kind of aimed at that crowd. I think something that a lot of Sonic games kind of missed the trick with was things like easy, medium, and hard mode and stuff like that. Like, Sonic Forces has a fucking medium and hard mode. Medium being for people who've never played a Sonic game before, which is fucking insulting. Like... It's... Stuff like that, I think, is arbitrary. It's, um, like, um, if you if you look at... Um, I'm going to ref probably reference Sonic Adventure 2 a lot, just because it's pretty much the Sonic game I've played for the year because of the video I'm doing. Um, did you remember a few weeks ago, there was a, there was a clip that some some guy had uploaded uh, which he's trying to play Final Rush and he's on the grind rails and he gets stuck oh, and yeah, he, I saw that he falls off. Yeah, yeah, right. I was hard um, to watch. So I released a bit of a video response to that on the Twitter showing that actually um, if you just do nothing, the game's <laughs> own gravity value takes you through it without needing to too. do anything. The only way you can fail at that is if you deliberately hold the direction of travel against <clears> where you're going. And that's the thing with um, Final Rush. Final Rush is a very difficult stage the first time you play it. But what's interesting is the most basic routes through that stage doesn't actually require much effort. I noticed like that. Every, yeah. every grind rail, the natural gravity value will take you where you need to go. Now, some might look at that and say, well, how is that any different from your critique of boosting? That's, that's, that's bad, because you know, the player's not doing anything. And you're right, the player isn't doing anything if they do that in Sonic Adventure 2. If they don't do anything, it's boring. Which is why 99% of the players will try to do something else. Yeah, They're so not just going to... gives you kind of the yeah. option. Sometimes the answer is under your it's, nose. It's like combat. It's a safety net. It's like combat in the Batman Arkham series where it's like you've got all these different options where you can uh, you can use your gadgets or you can do lots of counters, but in actuality, if you just get a decent rhythm down on that X button, you can plow through enemies almost effortlessly, but it's up to you if you want to add the flair to it. Um, what, but you know, unless gonna... you have an enemy with a stun baton or a shield or several of the other enemy types that they add specifically so you have to switch up your combat but, but you, you know can besides still those. keep it fairly simple even with them you've still <laughs> got way more moves than you'll ever really truly need um yeah but, but you know what i mean it, it's it it requires more than just literally sitting there and watching fair the enough yeah I, I kind of probably oversimplified it in my description um but kind of back to what I was saying is, like, Sonic Frontiers Update 3 is the first time I've ever really seen a Sonic game take the whole easy, medium, and hard thing seriously. Because a lot of people went into Update 3 and noticed that there was a huge difficulty curve. And I think it's because most people were playing it on hard mode, because the rest of the game on hard mode is perfectly fine. But you go into Update 3 and suddenly they're taking hard mode seriously. And... Yeah, I, I noticed if you switch the game down to medium, it plays basically how the rest of the game plays in hard mode. Suddenly, there are little home attack balloons that you can get onto if you, you know, are falling from a platform and stuff like that. And then play it in easy mode, and, like, there's very little you actually need to do. You can just play it in full spectacle fucking Sonic Forces mode, effectively. 
Um, and something I loved I think... about that was that in hard mode, there were times when you needed to kind of fling yourself off of these platforms and use things like the gravity set that Sonic has built in and stuff like that. Um, and that that's the thing is I feel like that mode, that hard mode of Sonic Frontiers Update 3 restores some of that player agency that was really missing before. However, I think the thing is the communication and the rollout. There's nothing to say, hey, you've played this game in hard mode. This is going to be different. So consider the difficulty options, you know? I think for me, um, when I think about difficulty, um, it's not so much a case of, oh, hard mode puts more objects for you to interact with or reduces a time limit. It's more, it gives it, like, the, the exact, again, it's very difficult because I've not played Update 3, so I'm only going off, like, the brief clips I've seen in people's other videos on it. But um, there's a lot of stages in Update 3 where the play will be on a starting block, and ahead of them, there's loads of blocks, and they've got to get to a certain point. Now, that kind of design means that a player has multiple ways to get to that point. They're not necessarily following a set route, and... That's good. I should love that because you can use all the tools that the game's giving you to get to that point, however you want to do it. Now, obviously, the game's going to be like, well, if we put a really challenging time limit on here, there's obviously a specific way you need to go to get there. But the game is giving is basically saying you've got to get to this point. Here's a here's some objects for you to interact with. It's up to you how you get there. That that's fine. But for me, with um, with a lot of uh, boosting and certainly why I call it the spectacle era, is there's so many levels in Sonic in in these boost games where the most complex decision a player has to make is during this boost section, when do I press jump? Yeah, it kind of, in a way, That's the it. gameplay, I suppose, is more comparable to um, Sonic Dash in that regard. However, I did find Generations does something interesting. In that, when you get to Sky Sanctuary, the modern levels start really opening up a lot more. And there's way less opportunities to boost. Yeah, um, Sky Sanctuary, I think, is one of the best, better stages from Generations. Yeah, that and Seaside Hill are, like, my favorites, but I've noticed, like, Green Hill and Chemical Plant are very much your typical boost stage, in that it's, like, you're blistering through them very fast, and it's more about the reflexes. It's more about, I need to quick step here to get these rings, I need to go from this rail to this rail to get through the speed booster on time, etc., etc. Whereas, I feel like levels like Sky Sanctuary, City Escape... Um, Seaside Hill, Crisis City and stuff like that, they're much more akin to Sonic Adventure 1's style of level design. Not quite as open-ended as Sonic Adventure 1's or as, I don't know what the right word for it is, but they're more in that region. They're, they're much more open. They are less, like, hallway. You know? Well, um, I think I should probably uh, to sort of address this because it's, um, it's just come to me. I, I suspect there's a few people in the chat thinking... So what? Why does why does this matter? Or like, for me at least, it's um, it's a case of for me personally. I think that good video games are ones in which you have to think, and 
it's not necessarily a case of, now the first time i actually said this to someone uh, they retorted with well i've never had to think about anything when playing a sonic game and all i could think of when i heard that was how do you know if you need to do a double jump or not to make it to a platform it's you're not literally sat there with a pad and paper writing out all these kinematic equations and calculations to figure out if you need to use a double jump or rev up a spin dash to make it to a certain platform. It's you stuff that you look that. at instantly and you, trust you know in the gameplay, don't you? It yeah. kind of becomes second nature. And that actually reminds me of something, right? Is the loop de loops in Sonic Frontiers. This bothers me a lot. Like this really fucking bothers me a huge amount. So um, with a loop-de-loop in a Sonic game, I've played enough Sonic games to not even think about it. I just know what speed I need to go to get through a loop-de-loop, and I'll go through it. Now, the thing is, in a lot of modern Sonic games as of late, the loop is a purely automated event. There'll be a speed booster before it, and I think that in itself is fucking lame. But Sonic Forces goes one f- Forces Frontiers goes one further. I am the kind of dickhead who will be in, like, the 2D Green Hill stage and see that massive vertical slope going down, and I'll want to climb back up it and go back round the loop-de-loop. But what I do to test the physics is I walk. I walk around it. And you can do that. Like with the, gr- the, the grind rails in Sonic Forces, there's a minimum sort of speed that will take you around. You can walk around every loop-de-loop in Sonic Frontiers. Every vertical incline can be walked up at just the walking pace. There's even that little post-Spin Dash update. I don't know if you played the Spin Dash update, uh, Dave, but... Um, I've not. I've literally not played any of the updates. So there's a roll move where basically whatever kind of speed that... If you're on a hill and you just hold down the left trigger, it will just roll down it at quite a trundly sort of speed, but it will be influenced by the slope. Um momentum and um you can you can still go around a loop-de-loop or directly up a vertical incline just by doing a slow roll and that sucks to me because while i don't think about the speed that i have going around a loop-de-loop it means the whole thing is completely fucking meaningless it is purely just there you know it takes away a bit of player agency, and it doesn't matter that nobody fucking does that. Nobody's gonna walk around a loop-de-loop. This shouldn't be a matter of hiding problems. It should be a matter of the problem isn't fucking there in the first place. I mean, for me, there's the stuff like the certain things with automation that you you are gonna have to put in just because it's the ultimate it's the ultimate safety net. Because if people keep failing a certain point, they're probably not gonna like the game and say it's awful. So. You are going to need some degree of automation in yeah. your 3D uh, high-speed game. But for me at least, and this is certainly the case with, with Forces, and it's definitely the case in certainly the base game for Frontiers, it takes so much away from what the player has to do in terms of thinking about solving a problem. And I know this terminology sounds weird because, again, it's the whole... you're. You're solving problems, but you're doing it instantly and on a subconscious level that you're not actually thinking about doing it. You're, you're just doing it. But the only reason you know how to do it is because the game's taught you all this stuff. Like, when you first play Sonic Frontiers, you start off in that little uh, valley area and you're learning basic stuff like movement speed, acceleration rates, jump height, etc. Yeah. And once you've got all that information, 
you know what you need to do to make it to basically platform and do basic stuff. Now the yeah. problem is, I'll give you an example of I think where the oh um never ever going to enjoy the game. It it comes very late into into the game actually, and it was on one of the tower sections. You know where you have to climb those towers. Yeah. There's a section where you're on a grind rail, and you've got to jump this gap and land on a platform. Yeah. And the first time I did it, I got all the way to the end of the platform, and I pressed the jump button. Now, in Sonic Adventure and Sonic Adventure 2, I know that doing that, my momentum would give me slightly extra height, and I'd make the jump. Yeah. In Frontiers, you fall to the ground. So I went back and I tried it again. And this time I did a slight variation of when I jumped. And I instantly plummeted to the ground. And I did this about three times and I failed it. And I just thought, no, it can't be. Yeah. All I did um... was I held the boost button and did nothing. Yep. And it took me precisely to where I had to land. That there was is... no decision making on my end. All I had to do to beat this challenge was nothing. Yeah, I agree. Now, like, I think it also makes it kind of not very trustworthy as well, because like, you expect it to work that way. You know, I, I like it. I, I feel like Sonic Frontiers, I think the movement is really nice, especially post-update 2, but they need to make it more reliable. Because there's also times where it's like, you run off of a platform and you'll fling yourself in the air, but there's other times where you run off of a platform and you'll magnetize yourself to the side of the platform, and then you go down. And that's not very good, because it means it's not reliable. Reliability in the physics is one of the very things that made the original Mega Drive Sonic games work so well. Um, however, I will say this, there are mitigations, and I know that not everyone likes this, but in Update 2 there is a slider that can turn off jump deacceleration so that you will carry all of your momentum into your jumps now and it's one of those things that is part of the reason why i revisit this game so much now is with that deacceleration off it is so fun to just fling yourself everywhere <laughs> like you don't even need a ramp anymore you can just fling yourself across valleys and just different areas so it's one of those things i've mitigated but i do agree that it sucks because on one hand you are having to do less to make the jump on the other hand though the thing you're doing is something that would come as instinct to pretty much anyone and it's not working, you know? Even if all you gotta do is run forward, the jump thing should still work, right? Like, I, I it's, a weird, a... it's a weird thing because um, it, it's the whole argument of you don't make real-world physics in a video game, you make what physics people think would work in a video game. What feels instinctive to a player. Yeah, because it's, like, yeah. it's like, you know if you're running towards... Obviously, we know that if, if you run towards an, a ledge in real life and jump as you get there, yeah, you go slightly further. But um, obviously, you can't really double jump in real life. That's not going to work. But in a video game, you can. And you expect stuff like that to work obviously it's also no, that my my power. Hey, double jump my my thought on all that and i i gotta have make this one point that i'm probably gonna have to jet um but as, especially when it comes to a lot of the automation and everything uh especially as we saw in frontiers where it feels like a lot of the skill involved is less required i my 
my question is, do we think that that's in any way influenced by how gaming content is consumed now versus the way that it used to be? Especially when so much of it now is watching people play things on stream and uh, people uh, people uh, have like new games coming out every every week and a half. Like uh, they're going to mess with it once and then like move on to the next thing. A lot of gamers are like that nowadays. Do we think that maybe it's you have to get in and impress on your first go around? Because if people play Sonic games the way I do, the instant gratification because. It, sorry, well, my, my question is, is if that may be a thing, not that it should be, it shouldn't. But, uh, you know, because uh, my argument has always been you never get what's really what a Sonic game is really about or what it really has on offer on your first pass through. You have to work for it. You have to keep playing it. You have to learn how the game is played uh, versus like nowadays that's kind of circumvented because it's just like. You know, they, they got to keep things moving and you got to make your first impression like right from the get go. Something I wanted to bring up was um, that I, I think you're absolutely right in that. But also like another example of this is um, and I'm going to I know it's cliche of me to say this, but Spider-Man PS4 is a game I really do love, but I didn't love it as much as Spider-Man 2 2004 back on the PlayStation 2 because the web mm-hmm. swinging is instant gratification and that's all there is to it. They took away the skill, they took away the extra nuances, the bits where I could take control of Spider-Man in favor of a much more automated system. Fortunately, Spider-Man 2 has mitigated that by adding my favorite thing in the world, gameplay sliders. (laughs) No, uh, but they they have improved it by having those options available. Um, But I think it's one of those things where maybe Sonic has just had a symptom of that ongoing thing that games are made more now to offer instant gratification to people who are just maybe they've got less of an attention span or maybe they are doing it to stream it or maybe they just want to get it done quickly i i don't know but i i do appreciate that we are seeing options put in place for those of us that do like to have a little more control i think for me the answer to that is it's a little bit complicated because um if you if you go back to when the boost first started coming into the 3d games it was mainly after Sonic 06, and this is something that I talk about in my in, in my SA2 video as to why have we not had an, a, a Sonic Adventure 3. If you remember how bad Sonic 06 was, it, it was bad. It nearly destroyed the franchise, but you had this little game called Sonic Rush that everybody liked, and oh, there's this boosting mechanic in here. That's kind of fun. So they put that in the in the 3D games, and people were like, huh, this is okay, this is fun, this is enjoyable. So they took it back to this section which was very easy to just pick up and play, and it was quite a safe gameplay experience. And they've just kept going with that. It's so safe and easy, but it's not fun to replay over and over again, because there's none of this subtle, nuanced stuff that can affect you. Like, um, there's this clip that there's this clip that I've got of uh, me playing Sonic Adventure, and I, I use this clip a lot. Um, I want to say it's in the stage final egg. There's a section where you run on these conveyor belts that run in the opposite direction, and there's these like rotating blades that are coming at you from the ceiling. Now you can't just boost through this or spin dash through this. You've got to, you know, take Navigate. take care because you've got you've got physics affecting your movement going in the opposite direction, and you've got a jump which also affects your movement. F- your movement physics and it's a great sequence because you're constantly having to think 
about what you do to get through this. And yeah, you can get through it quickly, but you're not getting through it fast. Well, I mean, it's the tempo. Unleash it's the does... tempo of the game. Unleash does have and... something that is basically the same in Eggman Land, where you are on a conveyor belt that's constantly pushing you back, but you've also got laser fields that you have to time your jump over. Then there's one that's elevated just past that that you have to get under. And doing that while maintaining that speed, you can't boost your way through that. And there's also quick step because there's spikes coming towards you. I will say this, like, in those levels there, they, I think Unleashed, especially with Eggman Land, found a very good way to turn boosting into a challenge. I think that's more the problem than the boost. Because if I'm being completely transparent, the boost gameplay is the, actually the thing that got me into Sonic properly. Like, I, I did grow up with the Genesis games, but after, like, Sonic 2, I kind of forgot Sonic existed until Unleashed came out and it was in a sale. So I just picked it up there. And it was the fact that this gameplay is so blisteringly fast and makes me feel really fucking powerful was like, oh, I can't get enough of this. That's Sonic now. I think I, I agree with you on that because um, when you do play, but it's my, it's kind of my point that um, I think boost games are only fun. Like maybe the first one, maybe two times you play them because they're so simplified the the challenge is kind of gone you know what to do it then just it literally becomes a case of muscle memory over muscle memory plus i also need to make some minor adjustments because i'm never going to get the exact same formulaic outcome every time because those early 3d games didn't have that whereas now it's it doesn't the game doesn't care when you boost so long as you are or when you jump, so long as you do, it's always going to give you the same equate equative outcome because that's what it's programmed to do. Whereas these earlier 3D games, they didn't quite have that safety net, so you constantly have to make these have these thoughts and make these calculations and minor adjustments. I think um, I do agree. I, I think it's um, when it comes to games like Unleashed and Generations, I'd say it's shades of grey though. Like I I do agree that there's a reduction in some of that player agency, but I, I, w I wouldn't say... It's hard, it's hard to really say. I wouldn't say it's as absolute as, like, you can basically have the same playthrough more than once, or that it, it isn't interesting to replay through. I think Generations and Unleashed did it well. I think Colors is where it starts to skirt the line a little bit, and Forces is where you can just have two playthroughs that are the exact same. I think Frontiers actually mitigated this quite a bit by taking away the offensive capabilities of the boost. That was something I was very pleased to see, was that the boost was no longer, like, you could just hold it down and push through a barrage of enemies and stuff. I thought reducing that quite a bit was a really good move for that game. Um, so it's one of those things where I do absolutely agree with your point that this is a thing that's there. I think it's very, very shades of grey, though, when it comes to games like Unleashed Generations and Frontiers. But going back to um, what Wayne said about is this done because they're trying to they're trying to appeal or is it done because they want the visual kind of thing? I think after Sonic 06, it was definitely done because they were trying to make these Sonic games look cool and be as accessible as possible to get people back into the fandom because they realized how much damage it had done. But the, as a consequence, when you actually watch uh, Boost Sonic games, they look cool to watch because it's a character going really, really quickly, doing what seems like really split-second reactions to stuff. But when you play it, because they're so 
little going on in terms of what you're having to do when you're playing it in terms of decision making it ain't that fun to replay over and over again and i have a feeling that certainly with um with frontiers like it was the same stuff that they would show over and over again and certainly with the bosses which are just that there's spectacle fights they're not good boss fights it's they're kind of doing it because they also know well um we can just release a small clip of this and uh oh maybe we'll give it to a streamer and they can just scream at it for a while and yeah it's gonna look cool and we've got these people that are also saying oh this looks so peak look at this this is so peak and then you get hold of it and you're actually playing it and there's so little there in terms of what you're actually being asked to do those uh those titan fights are really cool on the first run and they really wear off when you have to play through them again i can't yeah, gonna, I, i'll be honest really highlighted for me it's my monkey brain i cannot get enough of the fucking titan fights i feel so powerful when i play them but i i do see I, your point see um, i don't i don't feel powerful i just feel like the enemy is is weak as shit I think we could go further with it, um, but uh, some, something I was going to say as well, I think another school of thought worth noting is, is it's one of those things where Sonic 06 released at just about the worst time because it was a point when YouTube was on the rise and everyone was making videos of this. Sonic 06 was yeah. probably the most documented Sonic game at the time it came out. It might even be part of the reason why Unleashed looks so fucking gorgeous compared to even the games that came out after it. Like, it's a beautiful looking game and like the gameplay itself is very cinematic and stuff like that hence why it's a bit more automated and stuff i i think yeah like a lot of eyes were on sonic 06 that didn't actually play the game because it was so in the spotlight and just even video of it can look a little unflattering although i will say i don't i don't think you really see the problems with 06 through just video alone i, I feel like it's playing it where you see where the real issues are but that being said, I feel like after that, after realizing that YouTube's a thing and every Tom, Dick, and Harry's going to be reviewing this on YouTube, there's fucking, you know, you know, you got your Some Call Me Johnnies, you got your fucking Angry Video Game Nerds, you got your, your, your AVGN, the fucking same person for fuck's sake, Game Dude, all of that. <laughs> like, they're all reviewing it, so it's important that the gameplay at least looks good so they can put it in their reviews and people will look at it and be like, how, how are they fucking complaining oh, about this? Oh, it does. Um, there's, there's something that I kind of want to confess, and um, it, it's really bizarre because um, it was another case of um, this... I don't know if you remember, there was one review for Sonic Frontiers which gave it something like a 2 out of 10, and people tore this poor reviewer to shreds. And there was one part in there where this reviewer said that he couldn't figure out how to beat the second Titan. Uh, you know, the one where you're flying after it as Super Sonic. Yeah, and, and everybody was like, how, what's this guy doing? What, what's this guy doing? How, how can you not know how to fight this Titan? Blah, blah, blah. And I have to confess, when I got to that fight, for about three minutes, I didn't know what to do. I was chasing after it, and I'm thinking, wow, this looks really, really cool. What am I meant to do here? And the reason I didn't know what to do is because um, it's, this, um, it's this thing about framing. Um, just so everybody in chat sort of has an idea of what I'm on about, if you've heard of that experiment where you have to watch people pass a ball and count the number of times they pass a ball, uh, a guy in a gorilla costume comes along, and the question isn't, how many times did they pass the ball? It's, did you notice the gorilla? You know, it's yeah. like what your focus is. My focus <laughs> is on is on the like great it. big sky lizard that's flying across the screen. 
I didn't see the little piece of text pop up that said, oh, you have to parry this. Did it even have text that said well, that? Because I was like, about to... I, I, it's honestly, it wouldn't even be that much of a problem if, if, the, if the game was good at conveying its mechanics. You watch like streams and, and compilations of things of people fighting, like especially that first Titan. And it, the first thing that always trips people up is they have no idea how to parry because the game is bad at teaching that mechanic. Yeah, so, well, it's when I when I ask people about this, like properly, like when I get them to sort of open up about, look, really, what did you have problems with? A lot of them will will say, marriage. I wasn't sure how to defeat the second Titan because it just doesn't really explain what you're supposed to do. Because the initial feeling of that fight is you have to chase it down, and then maybe it will turn and fight you, which is what happens with the first Titan and virtually every other mini boss that you fight it sort of doesn't attack and then or or is impervious to harm first and then you can attack it well, where is that one when you when you catch up to the wyvern the first thing it does is take a slash at you it yeah it does it, it has but, that but very the thing brief, is it's going like, to take you a very long time to even get there what what i would say though is I don't mind the game not spelling it out to me. If I'm just flying along and I'm noticing I'm getting hit by missiles and getting pushed back, eventually my brain's going to say, okay, parry that then, at the very least. And right, yeah, that right. brings that's you up to speed. That's kind of what just, happened with me, but yeah, I, I think it's when, when you were saying, does it still look cool? Yeah, it does. I mean, like you could chase after that thing for five minutes, and it still looks cool. It, well, it looks I cool mean, and it's a really amazing thing, but the actual fight itself is you're not really doing very much. And, and my thing is, the one it's not so least. much knowing knowing that, oh, I need to use the parry here. Like, uh, I, I, I think Pup, like you and I had a pretty easy go like our first times fighting the Wyvern. Yeah. The problem is, again, just based off field study, just looking at video evidence of other people playing this game, the amount of people that didn't even know the parry existed, or at least forgot about it, is a failure on the yeah. game's part. I mean, I've noticed, though, like, it's one of those things where I'm not really sure how to fix without turning it into a baby game, without turning it into Sonic Forces, because casuals play sonic games like they don't have eyes or fingers you see it in reviews you see it with gaming journalists i saw gaming journalists saying they didn't know where to go in sonic superstars after passing a checkpoint even though the checkpoint literally has arrows pointing you in the direction to go and there was a sign with an arrow on it pointing to the right and they were like i'm not sure where to go they started going left and i think yes you can put some of that responsibility on sega's telegraphing but my question is, what the fuck do you do at that point when my, the game is my, telling you go right and you don't know to go right? So um, the, the point is not even within the fight itself. It's prepping the player beforehand in previous gameplay before they even reach the Titan to hammer it in that the parry as a mechanic even exists. Would you say it's that they haven't done enough of that, though? Because the game does tell yeah. you to parry, like, right at the start, and then... Yeah, right at the start, yeah. it does not force you to reincorporate it throughout the rest of the but exhausting then gameplay. You gotta use it on some of those Titan. little characters. Yeah, like that, that Gigantor-looking guy. There's ninjas everywhere. There's, there's loads of things that require you to use that parry around the map. Yeah, but you're also... Do not require to the, run into them. I think yeah. the problem though is that Frontiers' combat has so much about it which could be incredible, but there's so much as well which is just terrible. Like um the second island, for example, um there's that there's that enemy where 
where you run past it, the camera automatically locks onto it, and you're stuck looking at it for a couple of seconds until it finishes doing its doing its initial setup animation. And every single time, I just think I just want to avoid this enemy. And I think that's kind of an issue. A lot of players will just want to avoid the normal enemy encounters in this game because they they're just annoying. The thing I would ask uh, though is is it the game's fault that the player isn't engaging with the thing that the game is presenting them with? Yes. I, so yeah, yes, yeah. because uh, again, there's too much there's too many avenues for them to be able to not should they maybe lock them into some of these fights and force them through it? With, is... I, I think yes. Like, I think that, that's least... the thing is that okay, fair enough. Part yeah. of good game. Yeah. <laughs> like because that's the very thing least was... they should have uh, they should have had a thing on what's the second one called? Ares Island. Ares Island. Yeah. yeah I think maybe, they should have had something requires... on Ares Island. Like yeah, you know, like some... the middle point where where Wyvern shows up and starts trying to kill you. Like maybe at that point during that cinematic they have. I mean, not during the cinematic, but maybe during the gameplay part of it. Maybe they they have some emphasis on enemies that are attacking you, but parrying would have slowed Wyvern down a little bit or something. Like, it flies up in his face, and he has to, like, stop attacking Sonic for a second. That way, you're thinking, oh, parrying, Wyvern. Like, just give think... people that littlest bit of, uh, of connection there, just so they... But, but, I mean, at the same time, I'm with Pup. Like, if I was flying forward for five minutes and, and was like, what do I do? I'd probably just start pressing buttons, and then eventually I'd get to the parry, and I'd be like, oh, wait a minute. Another thing, though, I do wanna, is, like, something I, I do want to bring up, though, is an elephant in the room when it comes to um, when it comes to telegraphing in these Titan boss fights, is we could talk about the wife until the cows come home. There's something way more egregious. Dave, do you mind spoilers for Final Horizon? No, I don't mind. All right, so when Final Horizon... Yes. When Final Horizon first dropped, you've got the new The End fight, the new final boss. And I'm going to say this right now, if you want my opinions on it, I think it's the coolest fucking thing ever made. But there is a fatal flaw, and it's that it is not... This is one instance where it really, really fucking isn't clear how you actually fight this thing. Uh, in that he's got this little umbilical cord thing that goes on his head from the fucking fake oh, moon to the Supreme Titan. He has this little umbilical cord, and... You can fight the shit out of the Supreme. You get his health down, he will eventually charge back up via the umbilical cord, restoring all of his health, and you gotta do everything all over again. And it's like, a lot of people just fighting this guy. It's like a human infant. Yeah, just like, what the fuck do I do? He keeps getting nutrients from his mummy's egg. So, um, <laughs> what you have to do is... And now, to be fair, this is something they teach you at the very fucking beginning of the game, but is now required for the final boss. Mm -hmm. So there's that bit where the ninja puts up its shield and you have to tap the right bumper and Sonic will move around to the other side. You basically have to do that with this umbilical cord. You have to tap the right bumper and then Sonic will switch his reticule over to the umbilical cord. But you wouldn't think to do that in this case because you've never been forced to do that in a titan fight before. Now you could do it in the night fight when you're punching the shield, but it was never essential. You never had to do that. So... A lot of people got stuck on this fight not knowing what to do. Now, the game will tell you to do this, provided you 100% the entire island. So get everything, um, go and do all of the cyberspace challenges, get all of the rewards for that, and then the Master King Coco will tell you, tap the right bumper to detach his umbilical cord. 
That is, in my opinion, an example of terrible, terrible telegraphing that is a fatal flaw in what is otherwise one of the coolest fucking things I've ever seen in my entire life. Yeah, that's, however, that's pretty awful. However, there's been a patch since that does do something to at least nudge you in the right direction. Before you get to the final boss, you have to do the Master King trial. Um, where basically you have to fight all of the Titans again within a 400 second time limit. And if you, you know, if you run out of time, you will have to do all three of the Titans all over again. Um, with the newest patch, when you get to the night boss fight and you get to the point where you can change your targeting reticule from its shield to its head, it actually has a button prompt come up saying press RB to train you into going around to the other side using that right bumper. And that is, in my opinion, that goes quite a long way. They don't do it in the final boss, but they do at least teach you it with that night boss fight and give you that one final reminder before you get to that boss. I think that went a long way. But in its original case, it is like, how, how, did, they, how did they fuck that up? I think they, the, the point you made about um, how do players know to use the parry... Um, there's something that I noticed about uh, when I was playing Frontiers. Um, initially, there comes a point where you just don't really need to fight enemies anymore. Because initially, you fight enemies because they basically give you the stuff that means you can upgrade and get new abilities. But at one point very early on, you get that ability where you can just do tricks in the air, and it gives you basically the same stuff. Yeah. So eventually enemies just become the fodder enemies at least that there's just no reason to fight them and it's yeah. like what i said about how on the second island there's that enemy that jumps out of the ground the camera locks onto it and you're stuck in this in this section for a while there's nothing you can do so i try to avoid them and i avoid enemies and i'm trying to avoid enemies from the second island that's not a good thing if other players are doing that and yet You've got bosses coming up where, oh, we need you now to use the use the parry move. Well, right, fine, but please then don't make your standard enemies useless or frustrating or annoying for me to want to avoid them so I don't really engage with the combat. I think a problem with Frontiers is it as Nick would have said, being quite non-committal, it's trying to be the anything Sonic game in that, like, you can play it as a game where you've got a hub world and then you've got cyberspace stages within that and you just engage with that. You don't necessarily have to engage with all the enemies. You can even just do the big the cat fishing mini game. The problem is nothing's going to prepare you for when you do encounter a actual plot sensitive event like a Titan fight, for example. I yeah. I guess I agree in the sense that maybe they should have forced us into more combat gauntlets from time to time and maybe and like maybe on the way to an island you have to fight some enemies and stuff so like you've got that little sort of hallway section in uh chronos island at the start where you do the tutorial maybe every island should have had one of those little run-up points but in this case they are enemy gauntlets or different skills that you're going to need later in the game I think there's, a, really a, there's, a, there's an amazingly easy way they could have done this, and it's one of the biggest criticisms I think you can throw against this game, and it's certainly one of my criticisms. Eventually, when you play Frontiers, you learn there's no point in checking out any of the buildings in there, because there's nothing in them, like except for like arbitrary, 
oh here's like a here's a thing that might upgrade your character wow it's way too empty i'll say that much it, it's way too empty now it, it's um and it's a big com- it's a big complaint because i i know um angry joe made a similar complaint about no man's sky um when he first played that game he went to a structure and it looked like it had been attacked by something there was slime all over the walls the door was had fallen off and it looked like it was a setup for an interesting story and that's kind of what happens in frontiers when you first start the game enemies do actually spawn at a at a structure and you start to think oh maybe if i go to other structures there's something will happen but nothing does and i think if they'd have had something when you went to a building like maybe there could have been a self-contained story that you follow and you do have to encounter enemies along this way you would be teaching the player the fighting mechanics and they would have the reason to go, you know, like find the story stuff. Um, I'm explaining this really badly. Uh, another example would be um, if you look at something like Metro Exodus, uh, there's this island in the middle of the of a river and you can only get there via this one boat. But when you get there, there's no enemies to fight, but there is a self-contained story. And it's really interesting. It's one of the best locations you can find, whereas in Frontiers, that doesn't really exist. You go to a building and there's literally nothing there. Imagine if there was like a side story you could follow and on your way you would encounter fodder enemies, maybe even slightly upgraded enemies. You would be learning how to do the combat. So when you get to these harder bosses, it's like, aha, I now know what to do. But because... The design of that game has ways which mean you don't really need to fight the enemies anymore. Oh, you've just got an upgrade that gives you the same stuff that the enemies would. You don't need to fight us now. Right, yeah. okay, well, don't don't then give me a boss that I can't possibly know what toolset I have because you've given me reasons not to engage with it. Well, actually, um, it goes a little further than that uh, with that update 3. Uh, given that you're, you know, game design guy, I gotta tell you about the state of the Master King trial in the first incarnation. I've, of I've seen, I saw this in the video. <laughs> yeah. Or about the fact that they give you a three second parry with boss fights that have wind up animations but no final tell. It, it just doesn't work. It's um, fucking like, amateur, right? Like, it's like, I'll, I'll tell you the, um, as I was watching his, as I was watching, um, oh god, I keep Curry forgetting his 12? name, I do apologize. Yeah. <laughs> When I was watching his video, the first thing that came to mind is Blood Starved Beast from Bloodborne. And I know some people listening to this are going to roll their eyes. Oh, God, he's doing a From Software reference. But just hear me out here. There's a boss in Bloodborne called the Blood Starved Beast. And when you first fight this boss, oh, my God, it is hell. Like, you have to... It it has a tell, but it is so subtle, it's really difficult to spot. And if you attack it at any other point when it doesn't do this tell, it will counterattack and take off literally half your health bar. It is a nightmare to fight. But when you sort of figure out the boss's tell, it's so... It's just such a tense fight. You can... It's still really hard. It's like literally one of the hardest fights in the entire Soulsborne series, but my god, it is incredible to do. And amazingly, this boss actually has a cheese to it. If you've got some poison arrows, you can throw them at the boss and it will slowly whittle away its health. Yeah. 
Except when you're on New Game Plus and the boss regenerates its health faster than the poison takes it away. So you do have to learn this stuff. But the reason why that boss works anyway is because it clearly has a moment that educates the player as it's fighting it. This is how you defeat me. It's interesting. What you said about the um, half health thing as well reminded me. There's another bit that you wouldn't necessarily be prepared for on first-time playthrough, and you might wonder what the fuck you did wrong in the end fight. Because uh, I know I had an instance where one of my friends had this. Um, in front is, um, you get to the second phase of the fight against the end, and if you do not successfully parry all of his attacks, he sends out this massive energy ball at you, and it bursts you out of your super form, and it drains your rings. Um... And your rings get drained down to 100, meaning you only have 100 rings left to do the rest of the fight with. It's just like a new time limit kind of thing. Um, but if you don't have 100 rings left, it's an instant kill attack. It will just... So you'll see this new cutscene come in, and it just killed Sonic in a cutscene. And I know that I had a friend who was like, what the fuck did I do wrong there? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Dude, he, he didn't save up his rings. He didn't There's save up his rings that beforehand. In the, um... It's just in the normal fights, actually. It's the it's the QTEs, and um, it was frustrating because um, uh, the first time I encountered some of the QTEs, I, I failed them purely because I didn't know how I was supposed to do it. It's, I think it's the one where you have to sort of... Uh, you've got to time it, so it's like a pulse that's going out, and you've got to time it when it hits the circle. Yeah, that's, that's all of them, I think. Yeah, well, there's some way you have to to hammer the button as well. Um, I was trying to do the hammer the button because that was the last QTE I'd done. And I kept failing it. And I was thinking, what am I doing wrong here? And then I realized what I was supposed to do. And I realized where the educational point was in the game for this. It was in Big the Cat's fishing game. I don't know, though. Truth be told, I didn't even encounter that issue even without doing the big bit. I don't know. It might maybe just how it's presented itself. But I, I didn't. I don't know. I, I can't rule out, you know, someone else's experience. Obviously, well, it, it wasn't. It wasn't the fact that um, I failed the QTE. It was more the fact that I just gotten through this really long boss fight, and it was a case of <clears throat> I failed this QTE as Supersonic. Oh, I'm dead now. Shit. Game, you've literally just told me that Supersonic is impervious to hell uh, to damage. What's going on? Wait, does it say anything about the rings at the very beginning? Oh, what, of, it, it of, of the end fight, or oh, okay, no, sorry, you were saying oh, no, the, the white ring the... and the red ring, basically. Sorry, I was thinking the wrong thing. I don't know. No, I thought that was a perfectly <clears throat> common QTE thing. If you want an example of horrible QTE telegraphing, fucking Spider-Man Three, the game. Like, you get done fighting a boss, and you're mashing the X button to fight it. And then suddenly, without a second's notice, a new button prompt arrives on screen. But I just finished mashing the X button, and I missed the A there, and now I'm dead. And I have to fight the whole fucking 45-minute lizard boss again. Not lizard. Oh, either. no. No, dude. They didn't make the lizard 45 minutes, did they? No, no, it's worse. It's fucking worse than that. Okay, I gotta tell you about Lizard Part 4. The worst... Okay, okay. The worst <laughs> fucking experience I have ever had with a video game in my entire fucking life. Oh my the, gosh. The... I, 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 I can see this is probably still going to be going on for a while. I'm gonna have to go ahead and dip, but it was cool. <laughs> uh, Wayne, dude, it it's been so bit. good having you here again. Yeah, man. it's great I've to have you, you, dude. All right, buddy. Well, hey, hope you guys enjoy the rest of the podcast. I got to go get some stuff done. Uh, Y'all have hey. a great rest of your evening. Take it easy, Have pal. a good one. Bye. Yeah, Take care. Bye.
I have to tell you guys about Lizard Part Four, man. I have. Okay. To. I need. I need this. This is therapy for me. Lizard Part Four made me put down Spider-Man 3 the game and never pick it up again. And you know me. You know I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Better yet, I'm a huge Raimi Spider-Man yeah. fan. Better yet, yeah. I am Spider-Man 3's silliest soldier. I adore that film, and I will defend it to my dying breath. But Spider-Man 3 the game has a mission in it that makes me want to hate everything to do with Spider-Man, and that is Lizard Part fucking 4. So, for one, you got a mission before wow. that, you got to make your way through the sewers, and then you encounter Craven the Hunter. The battle against Craven the Hunter took me 45 minutes because his fucking hit points are just stacked really fucking high. Not to mention that Spider-Man, even with his black suit, is a fucking pushover in this game, and the dodge system in Spider-Man 3 the game. Don't get me fucking started. But the thing is, that is the halfway point of the mission, that Craven fight. That Craven fight, halfway point of the mission. There's a second half. You then go through some more tunnels, and then you get to a fight against the Giga Lizard, which is also really tough. But by the time you get to the first Craven boss, the game gives up on checkpoints. So if you die in the Giga Lizard fight, you are all the way back to the start of the Craven fight. Okay, well, there's that. That's already a big fucking issue. A huge fucking issue. Alright? Shit. But I've also told you about these QTEs, which are telegraphed with almost zero warning. Alright, that's also a problem. Then, when this boss fight is done, I've got virtually no health. No health. And you fall through a trap door into a pit full of fucking killer lizards. So what happened was, I beat the Craven boss, fell through the trap door, and got immediately eaten alive by lizards, and then it put me right back at the start of the Craven fight, which just took me 45 minutes. At that point, I quit the game, and I never picked it up ever again. Yeah, I, I wouldn't have gone back after that either. That's, <laughs> that's ridiculous. You got eaten by lizards? I don't know how it got onto this. I think we are just talking about, like, bad telegraphing and stuff, but, like, my god... I hate Lizard Part 4. God, I hate lizards. I love lizards, but I hate that. That's not shit. true. I love lizards. Lizards are great. Almost got one as a pet once. They're cool, aren't they? I, I went to the store and everything, but then I was like, I'm not ready for this. Dave, you awake? I'm here. I'm just listening to your anecdote about being eaten by lizards. I want you to play it. I want to hear your thoughts. I want you to play it. <laughs> I want you to be eaten by lizards. I want you to experience. I, I want you to experience this with me, in, in like a good way. I, I, I did get. I did get eaten by weird beetle things during the during Singularity. That was a that was a horrible piece of design. Was it without warning and checkpoint? It sort of. Um, Singular Singularity is a. It's a surprisingly good game. I really enjoyed it. And um, but there's this moment where you sort of dropped into this pit area. And all of a sudden, it starts filling up with these like beetle tick things, and they're swarming you. And your instant, your instant reaction is, "Oh, I was just given a machine gun and a shotgun. Obviously, I have to sort of stand my ground and survive." And you start shooting them, and they're dying, but they're not despawning. They they keep coming, and <laughs> you start to think, "What do I do? Oh, they're they're attacking me. Oh God, I'm going to start running around the the arena." And then it's like, "Wait, there's no ammo here." Oh, oh my god, oh, I'm dead now. Alright, respawn, try it again. Oh god, I'm dead again. Oh, oh, I'm dead again. I'm dead again. Wait, how am I supposed to do this? You have to run 
through the direction that the ticks are coming from, so you deliberately take damage, and then run through one of the tunnels that they're spawning from, and then keep running until there's an explosion which blocks the tunnel behind you. Jesus. Jesus. But it's a really good game. Sounds... Singularity is a very, very good game. It just has that one moment <laughs> this of from the worst what thing has I've happened. ever heard. This is a pretty good game. All right, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you the pitch of it now. That's um, me with Frontiers, though, isn't it? The... <laughs> right, sing Singularity. I'll just tell you the I'll tell you the pitch of it. Uh, stop me, stop me when it sounds a bit kind of boring. Singularity. You play as an American Special Forces agent stop. who has to travel to. Um, this former Russian military base where there's been some strange energy readings. Whilst you're there, you get access to a device that can manipulate time. And as you go around the stages, you can use this device to rebuild or destroy certain aspects of the environment to be newer or older. An example, there's a wall. You can use your device to destroy the wall so it might collapse a ledge where an enemy's standing on. And then the scary thing is, you can also use this device on enemies to turn them old. I mean, that sounds awesome. It's <laughs> really good. It is such a good game, and it's got an amazing time, tra uh, time travel twist mechanic to it as well. And good God, I wish it got a sequel. It's, um, it's such an awesome game. That's Play Singularity. I think it's on PC, so you can get it still. So you have the old gun. It turns people old. Did you um? Did you still want to talk about some of the Sonic discourse, Dave? Um, I, I think we briefly should talk about the Shadow Generations plot I, I, because yeah, um, I noticed you wanted to talk about that. Yeah, it, it's something that. So this is a uh, something about Shadow that um I've sort of noticed. I think Shadow has a really cool character arc that never was, like. When you look at when you look at um, Sonic Adventure Two, I'm not going to go too detailed into this because it's my kind of big thing in my video that uh, I think is quite interesting. Um, but what, Shadow in that game isn't really Shadow. You're playing as Gerald Robotnik. You're doing what Gerald Robotnik wants, and we all know how Shadow eventually gets to the end of that game, changes his mind, and does Maria's follows Maria's wish and saves the world. And yeah. then you get to then you get to heroes, and the question is, is this really Shadow or not? And you don't really find out even at the end of the game. And then the next big game that Shadow appears in is Shadow the Hedgehog. And the question now isn't, is this Shadow? The question is, well, okay, this is Shadow, but what's he going to do? Is he going to follow the path of evil, or is he going to follow the path of good? And there's this constant torment that he goes through of look at what these people did to you look at how they treated you why would you protect them and then you've got the other side which is wait not everybody's like this maria wasn't like this there's people here that are just trying to get on by you don't need to be this way to them you don't need to punish them mm -hmm. all so it's the question which way is he going to go which way is he going to go and eventually you know he doesn't he doesn't really go either way he says he he declares i'm gonna put my past behind me so black doom your efforts to manipulate me with all my bad memories aren't gonna work anymore but i'm also not necessarily gonna do 
going to save everybody. I'm going to I'm going to do what I think is right. So you've got this really cool, like like a neutral ish, but leaning more towards a good guy ending. Yeah, and then you get to Sonic 06, and Sonic 06 does something amazingly clever with Shadow's character, but it drops the ball right on the moment where it was like, good God, they could have done something good here. In that game, Shadow is clearly working for some kind of government agency, but when he encounters Mephilus the Dork, Mephilus um, basically says to him, in the future, I convinced everyone that you were the villain. They turned against you. They hate you. And I can do it again. And it presents this idea of, whoa, all of humanity saw Shadow in Sonic Adventure 2 stand on the bridge, tell them all they're pathetic, which is a natural line from that, from that game. <clears throat> they watched him activate the space colony arc so it would crash land into Earth. And they also watched him do all this stuff with Black Doom, who attacked a major city and caused probably quite a lot of death and a lot of destruction. And Shadow at points looks like he's working with him. Yay turns against him at the end. But humanity and everybody else saw Shadow do all this stuff. Just because you've put your past behind you doesn't mean everyone else has. Everyone else still remembers what you did and they've not necessarily forgiven you. And the point with Sonic 06 and Shadow is just because you've put your past behind you doesn't mean everyone else has. How are you going to deal with that? How are you going to get over that? How do you move on from that? Of course, it's Sonic 06 and we never find out the answer and it gets dropped and Shadow doesn't really get any development for the next 20 years, but they tried. We saw of the boy properly. And... And then I look at the plot for Shadow Generations, and it's it feels like we're kind of going, we're having a regression. Like, oh, Black Doom's going to show all these painful memories. What? You mean those painful enemies that Shadow said, I'm not going to let you bother me with these anymore. I've put my past behind me. It, it feels a bit like Shadow's having a bit of a regression here with his with his plot and i don't really know why we're doing it other than oh fan service remember this we're doing we're doing all this again guys right well that's ruined my day <laughs> no yeah <laughs> uh, i mean um you can just hide under the <laughs> table for... I, yeah anyway. I, I think i'm just gonna uh, uh, guys i'm gonna go <laughs> but um <laughs> something i guess i would say is i feel like i guess maybe it's a chance to start again. Maybe they're regressing him back to kind of a beginning so that they can just try it again. Because the thing is, like, yes, after 06, we never dealt with that. The story was dropped for 10 years, and now we're back again. It's like, if you want to continue that story, you've got to reestablish it. So maybe putting it in a generation spin-off is the right call, and then in a future game, we will actually really go somewhere with, with that, you know? Maybe. It, That's me playing Devil's Advocate. That's me being a hopeful we might little be. guy. It's just... It's just I look at Shadow Generations and I know um, I, I know that somebody's actually said, well, hang on a minute, how can you support uh, Sonic Generations when that came out, but you're like, Shadow Generations is doing the same thing. And I, I think for me, 
certainly part of the plot, uh, part of the plot, part of the reason why the original Generations was so well received as it was is, um, well, it's kind of hard to articulate this, but uh, we as human beings with our squishy human monkey brains, we're not very good when it comes to how long the passing of time is. Uh, an example of this would be, you've probably seen those memes which are like, oh, here's what gaming looked like 20 years ago, and it's something like an eight, uh, the picture's an 8-bit Master System game, and it's like, joke, here's what it looked like 20 years ago, and it's a 3D platform action adventure. Yeah, it's bad uh, on Wonderworld. Well, yeah, you... <laughs> when Generations was announced, you have to remember that we saw Green Hill in 1991, <clears throat> and then we got this glimpse of what a 3D Green Hill could look like. I think it was in, was it 2002 with the GameCube release of Sonic Adventure 2? I think it was in so, the, the, uh, the Dreamcast version as well, wasn't it? I don't know. I don't know if it was, but uh, anyway, we're, we're talking like 10 years of yeah. all these amazingly iconic zones from the classic era that we have never seen repeated again. And then all of a sudden... Sonic Adventure 2 comes along and it's got this bonus unlock where they recreate the Green Hill Zone and it gives us this tiny little window into a what if we remade this? What if we remade this in 3D? And it was fun and it was exciting. And then for another 10 years it didn't happen. And yet people were obviously now starting having more conversations about, well, what if they did remake Sonic 2? What if they remade Sonic 3? Wouldn't you love to see Sky Sanctuary in 3D? And then, oh my god, here's Sonic Generations. Whoa, we've got a 3D Green Hill Zone? There's a 3D Chemical Plant? My god, what other zones are they going to do? It was new and it was exciting. And... We were so hyped for it because there was that initial, my God, what are they going to bring into this? We've seen what Shadow Generations is doing quite a lot. Yeah, we might, yeah, that might be Final Rush, but we have seen 3D Space Station levels very Final Rushy a lot now. And we've seen these 3D City levels a lot <laughs> now. Yeah, you can call it, oh, it's um, Radical Highway now in Shadow Generations, but we've kind of seen this a lot. It's not as exciting for me. I mean, yeah, like, so... I won't lie, Shadow's gotten me a little excited purely because these are levels that we haven't seen in this fidelity quite to this degree. Um, but I'm going to say this. I've been thinking for a while. Like, I remember when I was younger and I first played Sonic Unleashed, I thought, man, imagine, yeah, a 3D... Uh, you know, Sonic 1 kind of thing, you know, what you could do with that. It's one of those things where they, they've been doing this, yeah, yeah, you like 3D Green Hill for like so long now. I'm like, fuck off. Just get, get out of my face. You've ruined this. <laughs> you had a chance to bring me a remake of Sonic 1 in 3D or any of the fucking classic Sonic games in 3D and you fucking killed it by giving me 10 fucking demo discs. And yeah, I, I think I kind of feel that same fatigue, except it doesn't really apply to Shadow Generations for me, just because it looks... I, I think for me, I'd be, I'd be less critical of it if it wasn't for the fact that it feels like <laughs> we're kind of retreading the whole, oh, Shadow, you've got all this dark past and painful memories, which we've kind of already addressed. I think but, it's the Frontiers and... thing, though, isn't it? Because, like, Frontiers served as, like, a 
this is a brand refresh. It's not a reboot, it's a refresh. We're going to go through Tails' Sonic Adventure arc again. We're going to do <clears throat> Amy's Sonic Adventure arc again. You know, like, we're going to have Knuckles question whether or not yeah. he should be guarding the Emerald. Because it's like, yeah, we haven't had a fucking proper Sonic story since Unleashed, effectively. And now we're going hard with it. We're going to bring everything back to Adventure 1, basically, start their arcs again, and it's effectively a reboot. More or less. Yeah, when, and when I think... Tails' storyline in that especially, that was the moment for me where I thought, oh god, we're doing it all again. The thing is, I loved it though, because it was what I needed after, like, Forces. And I think that's the thing, is we're entering an era where we're getting the games we need after that ten years of Sonic doesn't need a story, Sonic is just for kids and stuff. And I think to do that, they do need to kind of lay those foundations again and establish that with a newer generation too. Um, I mean, the easy thing would be to just remaster Sonic Adventure, but, you know, like, I, I don't know. I feel like Shadow Generations is just another step into we're resetting the characters, but a matured version of them, I guess. I don't know. Because it's one of those things where, like, the Tales story in Frontiers hit me in the feels because I was just like, oh my god, we're here <laughs> again, finally. I didn't think we'd ever get this again. I can't help but feel, though, that Tales kind of had such a raw deal in, in Forces. I mean, it feels like he could have been an amazing character, but you can tell they dropped a lot of what they had planned for him or what they had planned for that game because... You remember when Forces was first announced, it was... You had the impression that this was going to be like a full-on serious take on war. And yeah. when you look at the final scripts, there's still traces of that in there. Like, everybody takes the, the piss out of Tails cowering from chaos, but Tails has been in, like, a, a an apocalyptic war for six months. Yeah, and I mean, to be fair, yeah. Silver also says Tails has just lost it. They could easily. It's awful. That is an awful line. No, but they could have easily. Terrible thing. They could have made. I know, um... what they... I know what they mean by that. I know what they're going for, but it was just such a. Like Tails has become oh, the Joker. No, no, no! Don't, please don't do that. <laughs> That'd be crazy. What if instead of him losing it and cowering, what if he like became a rival faction that just kind of like he went off the deep end and now he's going against oh, Eggman? And also this him. isn't you, Tails. Also, Dylan, what's happened to your no. mic? What's happened to your mic, man? You sound like you're in the toilet. What do you mean? You Why? You sound very tinny. Do I? Uh oh. Yeah. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll try and fix it. Yeah, too bad we don't have a mechanic with us. Oh, ho, ho, ho. <laughs> yeah, uh, I mean, um, I, I think... oh, I know. I know what changed. They could have maybe built in that he lost a lot of his confidence after he watched Sonic die in front of him. I mean, it doesn't help that he didn't do shit while that was going on, but, like... That's, it's better now, right? So that, much that better. That is kind of, It's kind of explained that, though. Um, the whole, why doesn't Tails do anything? Because Sonic constantly tells him not to. Like, there's, there's loads of... Like, even during other cutscenes in that game where Sonic and Tails are together, Tails looks like he's gonna go for Infinite at one point, and Sonic is sort of, no, 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 don't do this, you can't take him on, you can't, did, you can't do this. When did that happen? <laughs> I don't There's a cut, oh, happened. where is it? There, there is, I play there is Sonic definitely Forces a, every day, Bad Nick Mechanic. There's no, definitely know. a cutscene where Sonic sort of gestures to Tails, no, don't. 
I know uh, you want to, no, but I don't. Think I, I, it, I think I am aware of kind of what you're talking about. There's definitely a point where he does do a little hand gesture thing, but in the instance where Sonic gets <laughs> killed, uh, he's literally saying, running out of time here, Tails, uh, need a hand and stuff like that. So to be fair, though, in that instance, he is telling Tails, get in here and help me, you dick. I, I, I interpreted that more of, I need to know what to do, as in, I need yeah, to know what to do, like, not jump in and help me. Figure out what we need to do. I guess. Uh, I still, I, I don't know, I feel like Tails at some point should... Tails should have enough agency to still go in and save Sonic if he genuinely he, thinks he's in trouble. He should. He should. But to play devil's advocate just for one stupid little thing, I had always thought in the situation, right, where, like, like in Sonic Forces, where Tails is now alone, yeah. you would think best case scenario, he applies what he learned from Sonic to try and make a difference. But the worst case scenario is that he completely falls apart because the person that he idolized uh, got the shit kicked out of him in front of him and is now presumed dead for six months. And I feel like that would affect you very negatively. Yeah, definitely. You know, if this is the person who taught you how to believe in yourself and then they get fucking destroyed, like, you might think, oh my gosh, if I thought he was cooler than me... I think the problem like, there is that what's the game... Happen to me? The game doesn't explore it because it doesn't have the room to... It, it doesn't, that's what I'm saying. Like, this is one thing I thought of, where it's like, maybe they were being super realistic about it, and that would definitely fuck someone up. But also, they don't explain that, and they don't really go into anything like that, and obviously it's a kid's game, so they don't want to show, yeah, like, it's... severe trauma, you it's know, in one weird... of the characters. But... It's the weird juxtaposition, because when you really do look at, certainly as the how they were promoting Sonic Forces and when you hear like rumors from like the former community manager at Sega Europe who was there at the time, Dan, what he told me about the early build of Sonic Forces and certainly like what the concept art shows, it does feel that Forces was gonna be more of a serious take on war. Maybe and, like, they got like cold what... feet. I think they did, because it's the whole um it, it's basically the um you know that um Sonic gene that that exists. It's a uh, the the gene that's named after Sonic the Hedgehog. I don't yeah, know I about that, but yeah, there's okay. So there's basically this gene which is named after Sonic the Hedgehog, Approaching. and um, I, I actually look, and we all we always laugh at it, like um, like oh, whenever it gets brought up, people go, huh, "There's a gene named after Sonic the Hedgehog." But um, for those of you that do know about it and are listening to me now talk about it have you ever actually looked into what this gene does it, it is some up. nasty stuff there is so it is not RRT. good for one you just it's... talked about a build of sonic forces that didn't happen now you're telling me about a fucking sonic gene yeah I'm, 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 right, I'm, I'm, I'm going i'm going somewhere with this basically this is a this is a gene which causes some really nasty stuff and it only and it's only something which is inherited so most people that are diagnosed with it are kids, which means that the kids aren't told, their parents are told. So imagine for a minute you're a doctor, you've spent <laughs> half your life in medical school training, and you now have to sit down in front of two parents and tell them, I'm terribly sorry, Mr. Smith, your child is suffering from a defective Sonic the Hedgehog. Yeah, but you know what? Like all Sonic things, I want it because it's Sonic, so I don't care if it's bad. And <laughs> and that's kind of the issue with God. Oh my God. 
I don't know what it and does. <laughs> well, as I was saying, that's kind of the issue with Sonic Forces. And any time Sonic tries to do a theme which is slightly outside of the world of Protect the Environment, how do you do that in the in the context of, sir, this is a game about Sonic the Hedgehog. Do we really have... Is this really the time or the place for that? Oh, oh, oh what's the video yes. game about? Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, should we really include something about post-traumatic stress disorder or combat stress? So wait, I, really? I'm sorry, I still, yes. I'm still not clear. Do what it. does the Sonic gene do? You don't want to know. I can't remember, but it is, it, it's not nice. <laughs> okay, it, it's so not hang nice. on, hang on. Sega will not allow a classic Shadow, but they will allow them to name a horrible gene after Sonic. There should be a lawsuit going on, man. Well, I don't think they've really got a choice on the matter. I think it's Surely just like something they name of Sonic it. the Hedgehog's fucking copyrighted. Well, it's okay, because the, the opposite gene, which actually fights it, is called Dr. Eggman. Why is Eggman? No. Oh my god. Swap the names, man. Why is Eggman yeah, well, the bad guy? I, it was ne I was nearly going to do this as a video, like um, uh, uh, some kind of video onto what this, Eggman what this is the gene actually hero? does, but I decided against it because I thought this is too awkward to do, but there's this whole subculture in the medical community that want, that's been campaigning to get names like the Sonic the Hedgehog gene reclassified just because doctors are so sick of having to tell distraught parents your child is suffering from a defective Sonic the Hedgehog. Like, I'd heard of the gene thing before this, like, before today, but I hadn't thought about that part of it. Your child yeah. is suffering no, like, I, from a defective Sonic the Hedgehog. Well, maybe don't buy them fucking Sonic so Store, then. That's so relatable. Oh, God. Just get them Frontiers instead. <laughs> yeah, well, apparently there's, like, there's, like, loads of these funny names for different uh, genes that we have. Like, there's even a Mickey Mouse one. Uh, and most oh, of them are bad. Mouse. Like, this stuff, you don't want to be named it, but some scientist who's got a wacky sense of humour decides, ooh, I like Sonic the Hedgehog, I'm going to name my new discovery after him. What's that? It causes brain problems? Oh dear. I hate this. I hate the fact that there I are like actual genes that are objectively bad named after cool characters. This feels like fucking Elsagate, but in the healthcare field. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And, and that's kind of, and that's kind of the, the whole issue. Like the medical profession regularly has these um, arguments at conference about should we reclassify these because it's not fun, and there's no good way to do it to tell distraught parents or people that have been suffering for years of their life. Oh, the reason you're ill is because um, the Mickey Mouse part of your brain doesn't work. So is um is this a permanent well, affliction? Yes, uh, I think it is. You know what? If someone told me you've got Sonic the Hedgehog, I still wouldn't let it ruin Sonic for me. <laughs> Hell yeah, bro. I'm, I'm that yeah, deep and, in, you know. I'm ride or die, Sonic. And that's, Listen, and that's kind of you. the point. You know, you, I, think that, I think that there's some Sonic games out there where the developers have tried to say something a bit more serious other than the usual, oh, this is about environmentalism. Like, um... Sonic Adventure, for example, has a massive thing in there about um, war and the nature of genocide. And it sort of revolves around Pachakamak, and there's some really interesting stuff to his character. 
I said interesting, not that he's right. He's not. He's wrong. He's 100% in the wrong. Are you kidding? Uh, we're British. But, I don't mind colonization. Yeah, in fact, I love it. Well, the, the thing with Patrick Mack is that he's interesting because um, he does what he does, not because it's like self... It's for a self-gain. He's doing it because he genuinely believes that he's doing it because it's what his people want and because it's what um, is the best for his people. And there's actually stuff you can look at there. And, hmm, I wonder if we watch this TV program called The News. I wonder if there's been a political leader recently who's equally unhinged that we could maybe draw some parallels from. I don't know. But, um... Rishi Sunak. You know... I don't think we should have that conversation because it's Sonic the goddamn hedgehog. It's part of the reason why I like Sonic, though, is he goes above and beyond the yeah. call of duty. But I just can't believe this. I'm just, I'm like, yeah, no, so, so, I love Sonic. I mean, yeah, okay, I played Sonic 06. I, I played Sonic and the Secret Rings, Free Riders, Forces, and he even gave me a brain impairment, but I still fucking love Sonic the Hedgehog. I mean, I, I can't why. really, ch I can't really chat. I, I have to spend all my money on Sonic pin badges <laughs> because I like them. So there's clearly some, there's clearly a medical test that you could probably perform on me. Yeah, that you've got a Sonic the Hedgehog. You want to know a really funny medical fact, though? Do you know the name of the phobia of long words? It's like think, super long. I think I like have heard of word, this. Right? Yeah, like, whoever came up with this had a fucking grim sense of humor, but I love it. Like, a hippopotamo... Hippopotamonstrosisquipsgaliophobia. Oh, oh, I'm scared, whoa! Yeah, but imagine diagnosing ah! some of that. So, so, oh, what have I got up with me, Doc? Uh, you have a fear of big words. Oh, really, what's it called? Hippopotamus... Ah! Ah! You know? They're gone. They're gone. You're never seeing that patient again. Flick. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> Oh dear. Um, um, oh. How long does the word have to be? Do you think? You think like the word like because is a pretty long word sometimes. I don't. I have no idea. It's probably going to vary from patient to patient. But I'll get a few in uh, a room and figure it out. Thanks. It's all right, man. <laughs> I just realized. I've just realized for that. For that to actually be a recognized condition, there must have been some study done in which the scientists universally agreed independently that there was a point where a word could be long to trigger a reaction in patients. <laughs> Think about how they tested that. <laughs> I've got a buddy called Peter, and uh, back in secondary school, he was the kid that would use the big words to impress the teach, and now I just want to come back to him and be like, yeah, Peter, um, here's the thing, mate. I have a hippopotamodstro's fucking squeeze squeeze. Because of you! And you fucking triggered that, so I'm going to want compensation, Peter. Nah, I love Peter. I wouldn't ask that for him. But, like, fuck. <laughs> anyway, uh, what, what, were we, what were we talking about again? <laughs> Bro, I don't know. I'm, like, so... I'm so gone at this point. We I'm need not to... Um, okay, so... This is the part it's, of the it's podcast... It's been, like, nine hours... This is the part of the podcast where it would be time for a PowerPoint party, Dylan. So, oh. What do, you, what do you got for us, pal? I'm hungry. I'm tired. I didn't make one. You didn't make a PowerPoint party. I mean, we I were supposed to talk about Sonic merchandise, but that's also gone out the window. <laughs> fuck it. Fuck it. You I, don't know have, what? I have a Sonic. Okay, here. I have a duck that looks like Dr. Eggman. My friend got it for me for Christmas, and I oh, love it. Those ducks that's are great. Favorite. That's awesome. They're great. Spyro I love one. those ducks. I've got a Spyro. Um... Dave, I'm just going to say oh, it right now. Oh, I have a Spyro as well. 
we gotta we gotta do another episode with you on here and then we could talk about these other things that's fine yeah definitely because yeah, yeah. this has been fun I, i've been enjoying having you on here fuck it all right. Yeah, yeah. I, I've seen at least one person say they enjoyed having me on, so I consider that a success. And <laughs> the they're not mine or dad, so that's even better. So, good um, shit. All right, we've reprimanded Dylan on the air, so we've got that on the, the piss. So, <laughs> oh, no. do, we need to circle back to NBTV's question, the Patreon question. Oh, yeah. Where they um, asked, what is Yeah, that was six days been, ago. I have been thinking about this. Um, is. Uh, is, Adventures is, is... of Sonic the Hedgehog. Is no! that a guilty pleasure? No, it's not a guilty pleasure. That's the one where Robotnik oh, says penis. Oh. Excellent. Excellent. How could that ever? Yes, How could that ever have any guilt? Uh, I, yeah, someone asked, like, who's your favorite Robotnik? And it's like, the truth is, I love them all, but only one of them gave me hours of snickering in the school library with headphones on watching YouTube poops with my buddy Chris. And it is was... that? That's awesome. I mean, outside of the amazingly obvious, which I'm never going to admit I enjoy, like Sonic Underground, is there anything really guilty pleasurey in the Sonic series? Really? Mobius Unleashed, Rouge the Bat. Um... Stop. Well, you circled back to the point I wish you didn't circle back to. I mean, I, I would That's say awesome. not. Uh, after the poll today, after the poll, and 82% voted that yes, they would, um, I feel like not fucking You're Rouge the Bat. You're all depraved. Not fucking Rouge the Bat is a guilty pleasure. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, I don't know if it's really guilty pleasure. It's just the fact. I guess the fact that I I'm completely out of control. Whenever there's a new pin badge that's Sonic themed, I have to get it to the point where it becomes like a mini obsession because I just like them this so much. But it's not really a guilty you pleasure. You are holding um, information. If that's it, um, I don't trust you. You're you're shady. You're shady. <laughs> Oh, I genuinely can't. I genuinely can't think of anything because you it's won't like... admit that you totally would with Rouge the Bat, and your guilty pleasure is apparently collecting badges. I, I don't know, man. You're, you're withholding. Nice you are withholding government information. I don't know. I mean, I, I like I like Sonic CD, even though the level design is awful. Sonic CD is brilliant. What are you talking that's about? That's an excellent like, game. Like, even stuff which I like, I can admit if it's there bad. There's no winning this. Everybody likes Sonic CD. It like makes like the top ten lists of so many people. Um. Oh God, I'm really. Is that true? I, I feel like a lot more people don't like it. It's it. it it's a, it's a changing tides, all right. Like fucking. If you if you grew up in 2010s, like you'd hear a lot of people saying they love Sonic CD. I'm like I'm 150 I'm... years old. I don't even. This is what you've got know, me man. doing. I'm literally looking through my desk right now to try and find anything which I think is a guilty pleasurey Sonic related in the wrong thing. Place. I... You want to get your external hard drive? Go to the encrypted folder. And that's <laughs> no, 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 no. We can't go in there. It's broken anyway. What? That's. <laughs> <laughs> I think. Yeah, you um... know. Could it be like that, Mike? My... You know, I, it's difficult. I, I understand why you're having trouble with this, because I don't feel guilt over it either. Like, I was going to say, wait, my what guilty about the pleasure scene? is maybe Sonic Boom 3DS. Sure, all right, Sonic, all right, Sonic all right. We, haven't, we haven't done this yet. We haven't done this yet. Chat, if you are willing to share, post your guilty pleasures in the in the chat right now. Or stuff which you think is a guilty pleasure. You spill your just, beans so that Mr... No, no, I'm I'm desperately trying gonna... to think of something which is a uh, which 
it could be considered one. I, I genuinely can't think of anything. Uh, so, uh, Chip Fan one three two brought up a really good thing. Pup's guilty pleasure is the Doctor Robotnik piano seat. I mean, come on, whose is it? You know, from Adventures Sonic the Hedgehog, where he's popping that bubble booty and he's about to fucking play some piano. That, that is funny. That is really funny. Like, listen, I'm listen. The universal. Listen. What about what about the um what about the uh the Sonic Christmas special? That's really good. That's a good Christmas special. I like it. I think what? that's hilarious, especially when Robotnik starts screaming oh. he needs more chimneys. And when he's like, happiness been... is always so much more enjoyable. <laughs> Their guilty pleasure is this podcast. It's the podcast. <laughs> oh, dear. I feel you. Um, Liking Sonic as a whole is my guilty pleasure. That's a good one. That's a good oh. point. Um, oh, oh, Someone likes being told what to do by Omichow. Oh dear. Oh. oh no. Maybe we should leave oh, Mr. Crabs, that's a throwback. My guilty pleasure is that episode 69 of Sunset City. For episode 69, we ranked the hottest Sonic characters. Hang on, oh, Sonic okay. Spinball. Yeah. Shadow Cakelot. Sonic Spin I like Sonic Spinball. It's not very good, but I like it. All right, fuck it, I'll allow you it. You guilty All about right. it, it's got, uh, it's got a great soundtrack. Like, it's got one of the best soundtracks in the whole series. Especially there the I options music. That's like... weird in the comments, and people are being weird, dude. Let the chat cook. Oh, wait, wait, the... Yeah, oh, God. Oh, what have I done? Game bus dequeep. This one's on you. That's kind of awesome. All right. Well, anyways, anyways, uh, leave them to that. Let them have their fun. Um, I think that's enough. Let's do some super chats. I, I'm going to pass it. I'm, I'm sorry to whoever pitched that question. I, I will. That's if MBTV. I'm ever back, I will try and think of an answer properly for you. He cannot have a guilty pleasure because he feels no guilt. I mean, that's Oof. me. That, that, that's literally me. People are like, what's your guilty pleasure? I don't know. Yeah, but you want to fuck I mean, I don't, that. I don't yeah, nothing feel guilty, guilty about that, I just, I just feel, just I just feel shame way. as I stare in the mirror and wonder where it all went <laughs> wrong. <laughs> Not guilty pleasure, it's a shame pleasure. Shame. <laughs> uh, well, someone's got a shame kink. Um, okay, alright, so... Uh, the way this works is we go table order, and in the podcast thing, if you can see it, we're all sat around the table left to right. So, um, Dylan will be reading first. Uh, do you have the Super Chat mailbag oh. open, Dave? I can look at that now. Yes, yeah, so what I'm going to do is when it's time to read one, I'm going to put a little burger emoji, okay? Uh, oh. Okay. Oh, is that what you do? I thought you just said burger in between all of them because you no, like saying that. I put that a little for... burger emote on the ones that it needs to be. But once, also, we're, once they're done. But also I say burger because it was an old thing in here that there was an episode where I got bored and I just started doing terrible Bob's Burgers impressions, which are not good, but you, you do know who they're supposed Look, to be. I like your Bob's Burgers impressions. Linda, they're good. We need to, we need to Look at all this burgers. money that was sent. Oh, I'm having some of this. No, you're fucking not, all right? We'll, we'll, we'll figure things out. We'll get you a contract later down the line or something. <laughs> but still, don't let that stop you from reading them. Um, so, Dylan Borger. Uh, here we are, starting out with Sonic Fan 1661 with the $2. Uh, it's... What nay no. No, 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 no. What above? What above? The, bur the burger is below. The burger's below the comment. No, I'm looking at the fan funding tab. Yeah, uh, no, don't, don't do fan funding. Just do, do super chat mailbag. Just so we're all on the same well, I page. Just, I just had this open. 
bitch. Oh, well, I read the... Okay, well, that's a, I just read the second one. Why don't we just... Okay, you guys take the next one. Then. No, no, no. We're gonna do this properly. Just so you don't confuse me. Dylan, read the first one, or else I'll cry. You bitch! Please? I don't want us to... Please! Just please! <sighs> I love you, Dylan. Sonic... <laughs> I... You guys... You guys in your fucking comments. Sonic X Shadow into Vor confirmed. You were just trying to Thanks avoid saying $2. that, weren't you? You were just trying to avoid saying Of course saying I was that. trying to avoid saying Listen, I have this method, right? I have this method with, with, with this podcast and with Pup that if something happens... You just avoid I, it. I just have, like, the ability to deflect whatever I need. It was like when I and sent you that picture completely... of that, that dude with the pussy and you just wouldn't talk about it. And it was a dude. I, I just want to make that really clear. I did not just say something immensely problematic there. Um, it was AI art. Um, anywho. Um, yeah, Dylan, your methods don't work here. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm, I'm so being Sonic killed. Fan SonicFan1661 returns with another two USD. Saying, it's what nay nollis say nellis. He's back. He was. He's gone again. But maybe someday he'll be back again. Who knows? Okay, um, Dave. Yes. Jamal Simmons with two US dollars says, Happy Bee Theory weekend. Milk bro forever, Wallace. I love it when the guests get Jamal. But here's the thing, Dave. You gotta call him our pal Jamal. That way he our knows. Our pal that, Jamal. That way he knows that he's our pal. Oh, he knows. Jamal, you are our pal, and now you are my pal. Hell yeah! Okay, Borker. All right. Next up, we got from. Oh, uh, I'm. It. I'm famous. <laughs> infamous. <laughs> infamous. Infamous makes an infamous. I've been saying as infamous all this time. <laughs> Infamous, that makes sense. Four ninety nine dollars. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to see you guys are keeping the spirits alive. Also, go Wallace. Yeah, I'm pretty cool. Borker. <laughs> Twilord sends two euros. Hey pup, shared Lord Doom's love with the innocents. Not yet, Twilord. I will do. It's just been a very busy season. And then we've got Whale Fox Johnson with 10 US dollars. Mario's success was not determined by animation, but consistent popularity Mario has had throughout his entire life. Sonic has had the OVA made by Naka and Oshima, uh, but that didn't translate to success. I just Boy, say did awesome I read that really poorly. <laughs> I just want to say what an awesome name Whale Fox Johnson is. That is a great name. I tried to come up with a name for myself, and it ended up being Melnor Waterwilly. So I, I don't think I have the same momentum as you, Whale. Wait a minute, I thought your name was Channel hey, Pup. Hey, Sega. Sega. Re-release the OVA. I know you have the rights to it. Burger. Burger. Oh, I'm up again. Uh, Twilord. Linda. No, Twilord. That's what I said. It's five... Pounds. That, uh, that's euro. Is it a euro? What, why a would euro. why would pound begin with e u r? E. It's a silent e. Fucking. I'm just. I can hardly see anymore. I'm ancient. Oh, right. I'm sorry. Uh, let's see. In the age of spider, f spider free spider movies. I don't know why that made me laugh. 
A Shadow Cinema trilogy feels weirdly likely. Black Arms dealers as the light to the Black Comet, the Reach. I don't know what that last part means at all. You lost me. It's ideas. That I will say. Thank you, Twilord. But thank you. Or Sorry for my ignorance. Whale Fox Johnson with the awesome name returns with 10 US dollars this time. If we don't hold Sonic's game lore to a high standard, are we concluding the Archie comics and Sonic the comic are forever the superior stories over the main canon? I'm going to say yes, and that's going to coincide with when we one day get Loa and Ian Waffles to guest on here, which will be soon. Um, we're going to have a big old discussion about Archie and Sonic character restrictions and how far they were able to take these characters in those Archie comics. So look forward to it. That's another thing Sega needs to re-release. Sonic the comic. Sonic the comic is the, the, the pure shithousery of it is wonderful. You have the rights to it. You got the rights to it, Sega. Oh, boy. Dave, you got this one. Uh, oh, God, no. <laughs> oh, don't be a puss. Come on, read the Oh, this thing. is a conspiracy. I just want to note, everybody, this is the first time Dave and I have actually spoken over a voice chat as well. <laughs> Yep. And I just called him a you, you Usually Pop ignores me every day, so... I do not ignore you every day. <laughs> okay. Every since, single since day. I, since I have to read this, yesterday. I will read it. And um, here's a comment from SonicFan1661. Two US dollars. Let's be honest, we'd all wreck the bats. You finally got him to say it, SonicFan1661. You are officially a Chad. Yeah. I I mean, did I even say that I mean, properly? I think it was, let's be honest, we'd all wreck that bat. Said it again. Wonderful. Yeah, yeah I, I said it. I said it. Now, now, it's, now someone's going to take it into an AI or something. All right, once more with feeling, Dave. <laughs> no. <laughs> Burger. <clears throat> all right, next up, we've got uh, Mr. SP, $5. Wayne is back, but the poster says he's missing. Why do you lie to me, poster? Unless that Wayne is an imposter. How do we know you're really Wayne? We should have asked him to, like, vent or something. To or be fair, that's not Wayne. That's, or something. that's Wallace. We didn't talk about the parade float with the UFO, but fuck it. We'll talk about it another time. We didn't talk about anything. That's because I changed it from, it said French UFO. I changed it to French fries, and then you deleted it. Oh shit! Oh, that's what that was. Oh, I makes... successfully got you to delete a topic without you realizing. Well, then what was the burger part then? I just wrote that too. You ain't that was sly, like man. You did. This is this is retroactive planning, isn't it? I, I'm sorry. I'm just a criminal mastermind. Porker. Mr. SP back at it again with two sixteen US dollars. That's two US dollar sixteen. In all seriousness. Welcome back, Wayne. I'll pass the message on. <laughs> Thank you, Mr. SP. Oh, I love this person's name. Borger. Uh, oh, God. Oh, my God. I'm still trying to get over that last one. Um, here's Seaman. <laughs> Yay. Seaman with two dollars... I'm trying to say, I, I, I've just lost all comprehension of reading They've literally the written right. down the currency Let in me, I'll try chat. it again, I'll try it again, and this time I'll channel my six-year-old child trying to read a storybook. Seaman, with two ninety-nine Australian dollars. Here's some crocodile dollary do some down under. <laughs> That's amazing. <laughs> that is a great... 
Try not to fall <laughs> off the earth, Seaman. Look at all Dolly Next up, Kristov, oh. 77. Five, I almost said human dollars. Five dollars. Five human dollars. Five human dollars. I'm like, I'm from another planet, guys. Uh, Wayne, good to hear your voice. I hope you're doing well. That's very nice. Thank I'll you. I'll pass on the message. I accept that on his behalf. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> you are Wayne now. I mean, you're a brown-haired dude with glasses. You're Wayne. Um, <laughs> Burker. Fox Guy sends five US dollars. Just came in. Please don't tell me I missed Pup being offensive. I'm not offensive. I'm never offensive. I'm the least offensive man. Pup has never been offensive, ever. This is true. I haven't. Have I? Not a single time, man. I don't think I ever have. Burger. He's only been... <laughs> I was going to say defensive. I've only been onfensive. It's not to a and, picture uh, of Pup oh, standing up. Oh, we fence. have another one from my favorite person. Uh, SonicFan1661. Five US dollars. A gene named after the Sonic series causing brain problems. Honestly, kind of tracks since we're all neurodivergent wrecks. Oh, that is going to oh, get clipped. <laughs> oh dear. Oh dear, oh dear, oh dear. I mean, to be fair, I have anxiety and ADHD, and I'm a Sonic fan, so you know what it is. I would like to point out the comments I'm reading here are not necessarily my own beliefs. Yeah, I know, it says right here that uh, the, co the Super Chats all represent the views of the gang. <laughs> We'd all wreck that bat. Burger. No. Last one from Twilord. That's two euros. Pup, did you not get my Young Justice reference? I'm gonna uh, turn in my nerd card and say I haven't watched Young Come Justice. Come on, Pup. Oh my god. I'm sorry. What the fuck? I, I prefer Old Justice. <laughs> well, Super Chat cut What a great one to end on. I'm going to write that down. Hate to say no to money, but super chat. Cut off. Thanks. Okay. Wunderbar. Okay. Um, the episode is over. Uh, so, Bad Nick Mechanic, you got anything you want to promote? Anything you want to tell the, tell the gang about? You know how it is? Um, yeah. Um, so, I haven't stopped making videos. It's just been a very long time since I have done. Um, I have an extremely large Sonic Adventure 2 video which is coming out very soon. I'm hoping it will be out in March. It's a massive deep dive into Sonic Adventure 2. Um, like the, um, the gameplay, the themes around it, just all sorts of stuff. And um, some of you might be thinking, well, I've seen videos like that before. Well, yeah, you probably have done, but the thing is, I'm doing stuff which you've probably not heard about. Like, uh, at one point, there's a section in that video where I talk about um, Western democracies and relate that to the political situation that's going on in the game. And there's also stuff in there as well, which I link to other pretty big major world events that was going on, which also influenced how the game was developed. Um, there's stuff as well about... Well, the stuff as well about what's going on with actually the developers at the time. Like, um, uh, we there's always like this stuff about how how did Sonic um, Adventure two come out as well as it did, and what people tend to forget is that um, there was a lot going on at Sega at the time. So it's a miracle the game ever got made, and 
I sort of look as well at what must have been going on through the minds of the developers at the time as well, because don't forget, most of them are working in a foreign country and their residencies were tied to if they had a job or not. And it wasn't obvious that they were still going to have a job when that game was finished because of everything that was going on at Sega. But um, such a somber there's also other, because of it. Yeah, there's I mean, there's other stuff in there as well. Like um, I talk about um, uh, cinematography and shot composition of some of the cutscenes and um, uh, loads, loads of stuff as well. Like, um, oh, and I defend Amy Rose. I defend Amy Rose as in that you game. Should. She's a ray of sunshine. Yeah, I still want to push her off of a cliff, but she's a good girl. Yeah, it's a it's a very long video, I will say, but I, I think it's quite an entertaining one. And um, oh, and it also features me throwing Omachow around, which is always fun. How lovely! Uh, one more super chat. Um, I know I say cut off, but one more. Twilord sends two euros. I hope you enjoy subjugating Dylan with sexy doom. That is a sentence and a half. Even if, that if, is a... if you don't know, don't know what this means, they're talking about Black Doom. You're not. Oh my god! The more I say it now, the more it sounds like a porno. Enough, um, Dylan. What are you, what are you? What are you? What are you? You know what? What are you about? You know what are you? What are you up to? Uh, I am working on editing a video, so there might be something either tomorrow. I, I haven't decided or figured out if I'll be able to do it yet. Maybe either tomorrow or next Friday. We will see. Hell. Uh, and it's about. A Sonic adjacent property, a, a game called Roland Rascal, that is on Kickstarter right now. Oh, uh, I wanted to make a video about it because it's very good. I've seen. Oh, that's the new. Too. Yeah, that's that's the game that everybody's going to be talking about mm -hmm. next week by saying, "Why can't Sonic be more like this?" And then Sonic fans <laughs> and only Sonic fans will be like, "Aren't you can't? Aren't you, you can't looking forward it. to that?" It's bad for the fan. It's bad for the mm -hmm. independent game where the independent people are just like, "Nah, it's fine. Don't worry about it." It happened with Spark the Electric oh. Jester when people were like, no, you can't compare Spark. That's so unfair to the Spark devs. And the Spark devs like, keep it coming. I can't wait. I can't wait to basically log in every day and the whole feed is like, why can't this series be like this series? It's fine. It's fine. Just just let them be their own thing. Well, Pop, what are you doing? Yes, he's always on time. He always does it. Um, I am... Ah, oh, fuck. What am I doing? I just released a review of Madam Web. <laughs> That's there. Um, oh, yes. I've got a fun little... Oh, no, actually, there is something in the works. I've got a fun little collab coming along. It's a crossover between myself and Tom Topics, and it includes the cameos of other YouTubers. Don't spoil it, Dylan. Um, and um, it's been actually in the works for... It's been in the works for a really long time. Tom upheld his end of the bargain like a year ago, and he's been saying, like, when is the collab coming out? I've been like... I swear I will find the right time to do this. And now is the right time. So it's it's finally getting finished up. And um, it's about what we think the Sonic 3 movie needs to do. Um, so, yeah. And, um, yeah. Yeah. Nice. Looking forward to it. Hell yeah. You ain't kidding. All right. Well. All right. Yeah. Good night, everybody. Goodbye. Good night. Goodbye. Bye. Wait, wait. Yep, yeah, no, good point. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Hang on. Mr. Bones. 
He's not called Mr. Bones. He's called Skeleton. There we go. I know. Mine's called Mr. Bones. Uh oh, Skeleton. Well, that's good. Can we at least get Skeleton on stream at yeah, least he's once? A, he's a Skeleton of fun. Yes. All right, now we go. Bye.